What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 228. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined by the full crew back again to be talking about a lot of things this week, including Modern Warfare 2, Warzone 2, DMZ. We're going to be talking Pokemon. Uh, I'm not going to be talking Pokemon, but someone will. We're going to be talking about Pentiment, Somerville, God of War Ragnarok, potentially a disappointment. I don't know. We're going to talk through that. We've got the Game Awards to break down and a few other things as well. But I'm happy to be here. Happy to be back with my brethren here. Mr. The Seven himself. And by the way, for channel members, we have an icon for each of us now ready to go. Test them out and uh, have fun with those today, including the most requested Versus logo for when Travis and Hogue, Hipster Hogue, like to get into their uh their arguments but <laughs> the seven himself mr rodriguez is back good morning sir good morning chat and everybody i am back done with the birthday party it was a resounding success Excellent. had a good time yeah it was all right chiefs won chiefs won yeah yep. it was it was cool. it was good it was good cool. stuff. a lot of good food uh i ate a lot of hot pretzels yeah, the, those soft ones, nacho cheese, it was amazing. The there Kansas City Master Chiefs. Yep, classic yeah. team. <laughs> I'd like them a lot more if that were the case. But yeah. I'm rather indifferent right now. But anyway, the host of far too many shows to list, who was called a hipster for the first time ever this morning. Yep. He's here, the Hogue himself. Good morning, sir. That's the pre-show, folks. Travis trying to convince me I'm a hipster, which is hilarious to me. Uh, based on my uh, based on my eating preferences, my music preferences, uh, but uh, hey, I appreciate it, Travis. Uh, I figure that that's just a term of endearment for a Sam. Yeah, it just like, means you're cool. You're cool. Yeah, you're a little, yeah. You know. As for the only thing that jumped out at me in that intro, Ains, was if we're going to do a breakdown of the game awards, I think we're going to be beaten to the punch because I think they already broke down. Ooh, <laughs> coming out hot. Coming out hot. And of course, the 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 one, the only, the true hipster of the group, the scooped bagel man himself. I don't do the man with the. <laughs> you can't the call me a hipster the... when I wear a suit every day. You know what I mean? Like, am I? Is that? I oh that's no, true. that's not true at all. Right? No way. I thought that, I thought, that hel- that... I thought it helps. Yeah. You be a hipster. Isn't that like the the this the uniform of the conformist? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you see, maybe it used to be right. If you're yeah. actually telling, uh, if you're actually transmitting your image to us from the 50s, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but no, now you're actually band. as a contrarian yeah. with the tie guy. That's why it works for you. It's true. It's my act of rebellion. Yeah. That's why yeah. you're in a suit and I'm in a hoodie. Yeah, that's true. We both rebelled against. Our, are we all hipsters? Is this yeah, a man. oops, all hipsters show? This is offensive to me. Anyway, hi, McClunky, everyone. Happy to be here. I'm playing Pokemon, ready to talk about the game awards and their decisions that they made there. The choice. <laughs> We're ready to talk about the choices they made. The choices <laughs> they made. Yep. Yep. And Dan is unbanned. Uh, yeah. you know, it for five minutes. I, he, listen, he, listen, I had 10 minutes yesterday to catch the show live or last week, and and I, I was like, Oh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, I was like, What is happening? I said, I all yeah. banned myself and I couldn't type anymore. It was fantastic. Oh, it was oh, got that uh, that heavy hammer, you know, Man, it was back. just for the humor. It was, it was great, <laughs> it was good time. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Well, it's good to be back with you guys. Uh, like I said, uh, chat, good morning, good to see everyone, or good afternoon. 
um, before we get into the game topics, we do have a question from our regular viewer and commenter, Sardinisms, who asked an interesting question last week that I saved for Dan to come back. And what she asked was, what is the weirdest feature or part or aspect of a game that you've really enjoyed playing? So some type of kind of mini game or something that's not necessarily tied to the core game uh, that you really got into. Travis, you said you had one ready to go. Let's hear it. Yeah. Um, I uh, really liked that part of South Park Stick of Truth where you go to Canada. You guys ever you guys play that part of the game? No, tell us. All right. Well, if you haven't played that part of the game, I can't really spoil it because it's like a pretty fun reveal of that game. But basically, when you go to Canada in that game, the game changes substantially for just one year in Canada. And it's basically a way to make fun of Canada, which I'm obviously in favor of. And uh, <laughs> It, uh, it it's it's actually like kind of a dope part of the game, and I kind of wish that they would make something like that because I really enjoyed it. So uh, that's mine is South Park Stick of Truth, Canada okay. segment. Okay. Um, Pompa in the chat says Gwent, which would have been my first choice, but I don't know if Gwent is weird. It became Gwent's a game. Just, Gwent's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's so many game. There's so many RPGs in particular that have card games. Uh, as elements i don't know i don't know if i can use gwent gwent is obviously one of the best parts of the witcher which yeah. got its announcement of getting its final its upgrade they promised it in the in the year spoilers spoilers for later in bitcast but, oh, but right. uh well, they, I, they, I don't know anything about it then that one actually became <laughs> multiple games because there's like the gwent game that they did yep. standalone which they revised to actually be uh possible in pvp since the original format is basically a PvP had a mode. full pro league and everything like yeah. And, yeah, and then there was games that were Gwent games, so he kind of got his wish there. Very the Thronebreaker awesome. is a Gwent game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gwent Gwent is awesome. You know, I to me it's it's hard to separate it out because I think so many of the games use their mini games or their features, however you want to call them, as at least cycling through their economies now. Because I want to say basically every Yakuza game that does anything with business management. <laughs> Um, but those actually do at least spiral into your monetary growth um, and, and, and help you buy things. So I, I don't yeah. know whether that counts either. But yes, as it should come as no surprise that the commercial lawyer, entrepreneur, venture capital transactions guy loves it whenever you get to build a business um, in yeah. these video games. So whether it makes sense or not, I love it. Nice. Yeah, I'm mine. Not- Oh, go, Dan, saying, go. Mine's basically on the same thing. I, it's, it's, I played so much Yakuza that, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like these little kind of side ventures normally, but the, when they tie into the game well, like the ones in Yakuza did, you know, when I first read this question, I was, I, I read it completely wrong. And <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Like, like what kind of weird thing, like in a game, like that would translate into kind of real life, you know? I don't know if that's, I don't know why I read it that way. I was oh. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 and so, like, immediately, what pops in my head is like GTA Five and like running people over because I have tremendous road rage. So, like, that was the first thing that went to my, you know, that popped in my head. So, and I thought that was weird, but you know, maybe it's not. Maybe a lot of people have it, and, I, and it's just, you know, but like, literally, I, I, I picture myself. There's been times where I'm like driving and I'm just like picturing myself with like superpowers from a video game and I, you know, can like <laughs> take cars like telekinesis and just throw them off the road with like little to no care of who's in it, you know. <laughs> so it's it's pretty bad. But that's how I read it at first. But you know, yeah, going back to it, Yakuza. I kind of <laughs> I kind of like that version better. <laughs> what a trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
We all, all know right, that I Dan's guess. favorite part of Horizon Forbidden West is the little board game. So, gosh, yes, that's just true. That's that was true. my last. What is that called again? What is it called? Yeah, I forgot about it. Machine already. Strike, Strike, I believe. Machine Strike, yeah. Ah, uh, Machine Strike. That's right. Yeah, that was uh, my last, last trophy because I had to force myself to play like two or three games just to just to get it. God, it was rough. <laughs> rough. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take us way back. I was trying to think of obscure, uh, and what I thought of was Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. Actually, had a mini game on its VMU, the little memory Child. unit. Yeah, where you yeah, where you could kind of grow and feed this. It was almost like a, a cheap play on a Tamagotchi at the time. Um, but yeah, uh, I used to do that. And then I forget what you would even get in the game for it when you plugged back in. I don't even remember. Um, but yeah, it was something great. minor. And I'm I'm especially in the mood for Sonic stuff because I just keep playing Sonic Frontiers. Uh and it's it's I, I, I then went and got other Sonic games and put them on my system because I'm like, I I, I love Sonic. Nice. What happened? Nice. It's revived the love. <laughs> all right so we'll yeah we'll move on to currently playing let me get these super chats real quick though before we do that we got a big one from don lionheart right out of oh. the gate here that's probably before we actually started at 10 6 a.m thank you don <laughs> good morning all i started seeing a girl in jacksonville i live in orlando and bitcast uh archives have helped me make the two hour each way drive fast drive go faster so thanks for the entertainment and the company Awesome. We bring co-hosts together. Is you know that's 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 the tagline of the big cast. I think so. We got to be better than mid Florida radio, right? Yeah, right, Don. (laughs) It's even it's even better because uh, then when he arrives at his his girlfriend's place, uh, he has all these video game thoughts in his mind, so he can just ruin the relationship with like really bad (laughs) games opinions. He impresses her. Do you realize? These I mean, maybe, maybe he impresses her yeah. or, you know, in my, in my experience, uh, scares her away with all of his video game knowledge and trivia. That wasn't so. the video game knowledge doing that, my friend. Mm. Yeah, you haven't been engaged long enough to be the cynical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's murky. There's a lot of things about me that scare a woman off. Um, you got to have you got to have some serious daddy issues to, to go with me. So good times. Good I was gonna say, yeah, if your fiance's a lot, okay, got it. All right, interesting. Oh yeah, no, her dad abandoned her. It's I'm there, man. It's in my, <laughs> it's in my I'm working in my wheelhouse, y'all. It's <laughs> we should have a segment called TMI with Dan and Travis. <laughs> no. What, 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 do you, what do you guys want me to do as host of this show? I don't even know what I'm, I'm supposed to do anymore. Man, really, but. my job is to just throw a, a, a wrench into the programming. <laughs> each and every week just one thing that kind of gets everybody off of their comfort zone and then we get to (laughs) dynamically kind of say things that we would normally say on the show it's great you know there you go (laughs) all right uh thank you don appreciate it glad we could give you some company and we'll try to get back to normality here all right and then google man with his weekly five euro super sticker yeah i think it was like it said like critical hits i think i saw it in the chat oh nice our critical hit. Yeah. It's becoming a trend. Uh, I like this uh, super cool, sticker yeah. trend Google Man's got going. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate you. Awesome. Are you All sure right, Google guys. Man and not Googleman? Ooh, Googleman. I don't know. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, <laughs> <laughs> we're friends. Yeah. Google Man. <laughs> <laughs> Google Man. <laughs> Google Man 81. Yeah. 81. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to go ahead and segue right back over to currently playing. And Hogue, I'm going to throw it to you right out of the gate. We're going to save our uh, Ragnarok chatter because I know we have some deeper thoughts on that here for the tail end of this segment. But you mentioned Sonic Frontiers. Is it still just pleasing you like it was last week? You having a good time with it still? Every single time. Now, I may, it might take me a year to beat because what it's taking the place of, and I don't know if you have games like this on your platform of choice, uh, but it's basically the game that I go into and play for 20 minutes if I have 20 minutes or between games that are going to be, um, let's just say, as uh, taxing as God of War Ragnarok or anything else that I'm playing long form. Uh, so I, I do it as kind of the spackle between, between bigger things. And it's excellent. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Warzone 2. Yes, um, please. So Call of Duty, if you're not aware, uh, season one began November 16th, which was, you know, middle of this week. It's called. And with it, it launched the Battle Pass. It launched Prestiging. It launched uh, Warzone 2 and the DMZ modes, which are both free to play, by the way. So now you can install kind of the, the segmented Modern Warfare 2 suite. And you can even if you don't own Modern Warfare 2, you can log into kind of the main menu and play everything but the campaign and standard multiplayer. But um I've been very excited about Warzone 2. We all know that, you know, I love the kind of competitive shooter space. I play a lot of boy Battle Royale. I have, I think, like a thousand hours in pub. Um, I've played a ton of Apex. I've played uh, Fortnite's okay. But <laughs> um, the leader. It's fine. Yeah, I know. It's the leader, but it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not the one that I dig. But anyway, so I've been really excited for this. Uh, 150 players across a literally gigantic map one of the biggest game maps i've seen especially in a multi it might be the biggest multiplayer game map i've seen i mean it's it's amazing um and i was very anxious to see if they could make the transition from warzone to warzone 2 which kind of revised the mechanics made it bigger and kind of better while also feeling more tactical uh more like having some pubg aspects because pubg is a little more i guess serious would be the word um but I've got to say, guys, I have been addicted to Warzone 2. I'm hugely impressed with it. It's had some technical issues, as you would expect for this, you know, however many tens of millions of people playing this free-to-play launch right out of the gate. Um, so there's been some bugs here and there that they've been fixing rather quickly, I would say. Um, but overall, um, it is incredibly impressive. So if you can just kind of picture, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was sitting back and thinking about the fact that here's a game in 2022 that is free to play. It offers literally endless amounts of content, which is true, obviously not just for Warzone, but for many games today. Um, <clears throat> but as a technical achievement, you have 150 players dropping into this massive, massive map. You can play it in 4K, 120 FPS. You can squat up, you can play solo. Um, it has proximity chat, which if you've seen some of the clips on social media have been absolutely hilarious, meaning once you get within a certain range of enemies, you can actually hear each other and talk to each other. Um, so there's all kinds of funny scenarios that have happened. Love that. Yes, um, there are clips of people talking <laughs> through doors. <laughs> talking through doors, playing music, uh, negotiating. Oh. There is a what they call an unhinged mode where you can literally join oh. and and when you're near someone you can invite them to join your team and literally bring two teams together and then run out and fight everyone else um there's uh ai on the map in the dmz mode the dmz mode's a little different of course but for warzone 2 um it is just there's car combat and helicopter combat and underwater combat and boats and vehicles and 
there's mountains and skyscrapers. And I mean, it's just, there's, it's so dynamic in the sandbox of what you can do and how many ways you can engage with other players from a competitive standpoint. It's just absolutely incredible. It's incredible. I, I, it's kind of the game. I think I said earlier on Twitter uh, earlier this week that it's the game that like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when I started playing shooters and whatnot, like I envisioned potentially being possible in the future. You know, like, wouldn't it be amazing if you could just drop, uh, you know, 100 plus people or hundreds of people into a map and you could snipe and you could shoot and you could run and you could dive and you can fly a chopper. And, you know, it's just this giant literal war zone, bad pun intended. Um that is uh, come to fruition and i'm i'm just amazed with it um it's it's awesome it's awesome it's right up my alley and it's it's amazing um the dmz mode of that just for clarity is a different mode entirely it takes place on the same map you can play it one two or three people um and it combines kind of elements of warzone but with elements of uh just like single player almost an ai the whole goal is you land you try to complete missions on the map overtake strongholds, find intel, all this stuff, loot. You try to find extra guns and money and stuff, and then you extract. So try and think of like um, Division 2's uh, Dark Zone or Division's Dark Zone. It's kind of like that where you can play it. Like I was playing yesterday single player. I was going in, playing by myself, killing AI, picking up stuff, hunting around, sneaking around, and then extracting. And I was having a blast. It was like playing a – it's almost like playing a kind of – pve slash pvp version of like a wildlands or a uh maybe even a breakpoint like a big kind of open map shooter um but it sounds it's, like uh, is it, what's the one in the bayou called the hunt i played a i played a while of I oh yeah that's like that's hunt. yeah that's it's very different. asymmetric very multiplayer different. isn't it yes you can play that thing i think you can play a single player too but yeah it's asymmetrical because you're fighting right. against like monsters and whatnot um, player monsters yeah. right yeah. but you, well you're doing no it's no no the hunt is um uh you've got like a boss the out there and you've got missions to yes. do and then you've got multiple teams and you get flagged when people are doing things to get clues to get to the boss and then oh, that's you have a battle to, royale I you have to extract out it asymmetric that's weird okay. it's a it's not a battle royale. that's why i used it as a reference point right here it's you, you've got like a pve mission that you're trying to do in front of other teams and then those other teams can get in your way got it got it yeah, it's, uh, so you're supposed to, it's three-player squads at DMC, but you don't have to squad fill. So, like, I go into the lobby and I just turn squad fill off, so I play by myself. Um, <clears throat> and I've only encountered, I've played maybe, like, eight to ten matches of DMZ, and I've only encountered other real players twice. Um, mm. uh, so it's really up to you how much you want to engage. It's, it's like anything else. You can stay on the outskirts, you can go to smaller towns, or you can run straight into the major city and just shoot at everything. But the AI are formidable. There's all kinds of different missions uh, and things to find. It's it's just the combination of Warzone with the competitive kind of multiplayer, straight multiplayer, and DMZ where it's like a mix and kind of you can play it almost like a single player game. And all of that is free to play. Sweet. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need the battle pass. All the battle pass does is give you cosmetics and stuff. Um, it's just it's absolutely incredible. I'm blown away by it. Um, it's great. I'm glad so, you're liking it so much. I was watching yeah. you on Twitter. Yeah, and you you had the tweet that was like, this is my dream and it's free. It's crazy. It's nuts. I mean, because you think about what I think about, because I'm a weirdo, is you think about the development money and time that went into building this, right? You're talking about hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in engine work that create a map this big that supports this much combat, you know. And you think about all the the support stuff that goes into a full cross play and, you know, everything. And it's just, obviously, the game, they 
Call of Duty, we don't have to talk about how much money it makes, right? Even being free to play. Warzone makes, you know, uh, an insane amount of money. Um, but it is still just amazing that you don't have to engage with that aspect if you want. It, there's no there's no trick here, right? Call of Duty is so big now, and it makes so much money that if you're someone who just wants to play Warzone for free, um, you're not missing out on anything. You're not at a disadvantage, right, in the game because you're playing it for free. You can just jump in and have a ball. That's the beauty of microtransactions that a lot of people miss when you go, oh, it's $80,000 to buy everything in the store or whatever. But it's like, well, you've got a zero barrier of entry to to actual play. Yeah, Yeah. it's $80,000 of stuff that you don't need. Right. Because it's it's skins and stuff, yeah. Yeah. My favorite example there is Path of Exile, which uh, has been going for like eight years now or something. You can play forever. You can play it forever, <laughs> and every single microtransaction is cosmetic only. They've never had anything that impacts gameplay. It's amazing. Love that. So anyway, I won't go on about Warzone, but if you, I'm telling you, if you, whether you enjoy Battle Royale with friends or solo, or you enjoy like uh, a big open world shooter, um, I would try DMZ, even if you're not a, like someone like you, Dan, who's not a competitive MP guy, I would install it, play DMZ, just mess around with it, you might be surprised at how much fun you have uh just playing in that sandbox it's cool dan's got so. me playing breakpoint now like yeah and that, that's kind of like my reference point like when i thought about the world and the map and what you could do like wildlands was the first game that came to my mind um and you can play it with others if you want to you don't have to um you know uh it's interesting so mm. anyway so maybe I have nothing to oh, add because I didn't download it, but I'm glad that you yeah. did, Ains, because it's going to be one of the biggest games of the year, and it's good that somebody's yeah. talking about it on this. On it's this already show. Uh, so now that it's out, it's the yeah. first time since I began looking at it every week, which is I don't know two years ago, that uh, Fortnite has been dethroned as the number one game on Xbox. Uh, Modern Warfare Two is now number one. Yeah, for, for now. For now, yeah, I'm for now. Yes. Uh, but I've never seen Fortnite. I think I joked weeks ago that I've never seen Fortnite out of that number one spot. Like they might as well just start at number two because it's always Fortnite, and it's the first time I've ever seen a game pass it as number one on Xbox Live since I've been watching. I will be interested in longevity and support as I always am, but um, of course it won't be mine. It's just not my thing. So I'm glad that you're checking it out. Yeah, yeah, it's on my list. Game I'm gonna I'm gonna play it uh, this within the next week for sure. I need to play it. it. Hit me up if you want to play. Yeah, I'll play DMZ or Warzone. It's uh, it's it's awesome, man. Um, all right, guys, it's time. Talk to me about Pokemon. Are, well, are you going to load yes. up Marvel Snap so you can get a game? Yes. So if you all weren't right. here yes. with us last week, if you weren't here last week, we joked that I have never had anything to add on Pokemon. Um, so I have not <laughs> played Marvel Snap. I installed it this morning. It's not a joke. I played the very first um, uh, introductory kind mm-hmm. of match. And I'm loading it up right now. All right. And Get I'm going to play and try and learn how to play Marvel Snap while you guys talk to us about Pokemon. In a couple months, <laughs> we're going to be able to directly play each other. So Travis can show us what's what and whatnot. Yeah. That'll be the Travis. whole show on Sundays. Travis got to platinum. Four guys playing. <laughs> Finally got to platinum, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you? Yeah. All right. It's teaching me about you. energy. I don't know what energy is. You're right, about I'm to on. find out, bro. Okay. If you have the energy. It uses the Hearthstone model. Um, okay. and Travis is out there playing Pokemon, ready to go. And here you go. Oh, here we go. It. He's proving it. Look at this. Like Pokemon, look at this. Here. Look, I'm going to move him. He's the host now. 
All right. What's up, guys? I'm Ainsley Bowden, the world's greatest Pokemon champion. And uh, we're going to talk about Pokemon Violet and Pokemon Scarlet. Hogue, which team are you on? Are you on Scarlet or Violet? We got a Scarlet copy in Hogue House. Fantastic. I am Violet, so we Mm -hmm. can have a violent disagreement. Violet. Um, and by the way, this would be the show if I were in charge, just to be clear. Uh, uh, yeah, horrible. it's just a bit, guys. Don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, um, I will say it doesn't run great. Uh, let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Like that's sort of the thing people are talking about online. It doesn't run great. Game Freak famously is not good at optimizing their games uh, pretty much across the board forever. This is a problem that they have. I will um, grant that. Yeah. It is also clear that the switch is underpowered. It was underpowered when it came out in 2017. It still is. Um, however, I don't think that that's the barrier that's making this game run as poorly as it does. I think it 100% is uh, the, the, uh, the software engineers that made it. It's just my opinion. But anyway, well, I mean, I t- the one thing that jumps out at me is that they don't seem to be doing the aggressive downscaling. That is the thing that works the best on Switch. Yes. Um, so you're getting these frame hitches, which are really annoying. They are. <laughs> you got frame hitches throughout the game, whereas what you have... the slow with- fade thing, when yeah. it goes between shots and menus and stuff. Yeah, right. It's real weird. So whereas with Xenoblade Chronicles 3 as an example, you'll just have it dissolve into like pixel fireworks. Uh, and be like, it's, you know, that's a, sh- that's a shape of something. You know what it is. You don't just hit it with your sword. Yeah. Uh, po- Pokemon is just like, we, we're not doing any kind of dynamic anything that I can tell. And so it just has these hitches all over the place. It does. Yeah. It does. I'm going to come to this game's defense, by the way. So hang on. Yeah. I'm also sort of coming to the, the defense as well, because uh, I, I wanted to start off with the performance because i think it's the thing that if you don't know about pokemon you have heard about it like it's Mm -hmm. it's the thing in the news right now and to me when i play the game it is something that i notice it's something that annoys me it's something i'm disappointed in but it's not the thing that defines the game to me and i've sort of just been playing it and going yeah this seems like a competent game with serious uh problems with optimization that don't really ruin the experience for me personally and so uh that's been my experience but everything else like the thing I will applaud them for is they are finally doing all the things players have been asking for for like a decade, right? They're giving the open world, they're giving the dynamic dynamic uh, Pokemon couching where you are out in the world and seeing things and throw your Pokeball. And they're doing finally, a bunch the, of, the sandwich yeah. construction that you needed in Pokemon. Do you like exactly. sandwiches? Are you a fan of bread and then having things in between it? Dan, I'm looking at you, buddy. If you like sandwiches, this is the Pokemon for you. That's right. The sandwich plays a very important role in the story, and then you can make them after that because your mom taught you well her ways of the sandwiches sandwich. abound. Picnics, right. sandwiches, get excited. Right. Yeah, uh, and um, multiplayer, which is probably when the game performs worse, but it is in the game, and it's cool. I've been able to play with my uh, fiance who is on hashtag Team Scarlet, and uh, it's it's a good time. So, Hogue thoughts. Yeah, my thoughts are the same as yours. Now, I want to put a little tilt on this, right? So Hogue House has uh, two young girls uh, in it, and I awoke each morning throughout the Pokemon week being told that it was Pokemon week uh, and exactly how many days it was to Pokemon. So that is, uh, I am not going to be unbiased in this uh, because I will say every single moment, including right now where she's in the other room playing it, when when she woke this morning, we said, well, what do you want to do this Sunday? She said, Pokemon. 
uh, would like to play a lot of Pokemon. Uh, and she is currently playing her Switch on her lap while watching Pokemon, the television show. <laughs> and she is in a dream state. Fantastic. Um, so this is Pokemon. This is what we had thought it would be in terms of taking kind of the Arceus experiment and saying, let's bring it to mainline. Um, and there are such cool things in this Pokemon that you talk about Ain saying this is the dream and riding in helicopters and things. Like the start of this game is setting you up. And then what do you want to do? You can kind of see almost Elder Scrolls type pathways that they've set up to do different things. What do you want to do as a Pokemon person? Do you want to go hit gyms? Do you want to go see gigantic Pokemon in the desert? Do, what, what do you want to do? Uh, and that is, um, that's the dream, right? And yeah, it has major performance issues. I tend to blame the Switch as much as the engineers. Obviously, you can do better with the Switch, uh, but it, it seems like it's a trick. Every single person that talks about porting to the Switch talks about, you got to do some black magic. Uh, and I, it, it's apparent Game Freak doesn't have the black magic, so I'm not going to defend them on that. Uh, but what they do have is some cool designs, uh, some great ideas uh, for how to advance the Pokemon ball. And I will also say this: this the is the Poke kind ball. of the Pokeball. Yeah, this is the uh, this is this is kind of the nature of the internet. You see it with a Bethesda release. You see it here with Pokemon, whatever. I am not having remotely the same experience of everybody having their arm knocked off or their head not rendering or whatever <laughs> it is. You take. You take the the 0.3% and you multiply it out by millions and millions and millions of Pokemons. And, and then you get this kind of notion of it's all broken all the time. It, it is not all broken all the time. It, I, it, have, I also have a feeling most of those clips are from multiplayer when somebody uh, else is lagging out and running somewhere and then it's making their body do like a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, which I think, I think some of the clips are being presented disingenuously as like single player footage, but it doesn't matter. That shouldn't be in the game, but like, it shouldn't be. It's not right. Um, and you know, like the, they have the they have the slow load in, and you can tell it's 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 a moving it's a moving water, it's a bridge, and it's a background. It's like, oh yeah, it does. It's not gonna like that. Like you got it right on the corner when you get that clip, and it's it, it's not right. Shouldn't release that way. I get it. The experience of playing it is not that annoying. It it has the frame rate hitches, which I never love, uh, but the actual game is, I, I to me, it's really smartly designed. I like it is going in the direction I want Pokemon to go in. Um, and it's got a lot of new ideas. Uh, I have no idea why the legendary that we ride around on in Scarlet has giant wheels on both the front and back that it doesn't use. But these aren't my design choices. <laughs> Outside of that, I think it's excellent. And, and the one thing I would say, and I always hate this, right? This is the, this is the you know, it's for kids kind of notion. It doesn't have to be for kids. And it doesn't mean that kids have to get something that is less than. But I will tell you, at least in what it is hit, whether it's the, the music, the designs, the elements, the dream aspect, the fantasy. Uh, it is exactly what my Pokemon-loving daughter wanted, and she has been beaming for two days. So I have to take that into account. Yeah. So um, um, Lucius has some chat saying it gets worse once you get to the big cities. I don't know where you guys are if you want to comment on that. I mean, yeah, I mean, get my I've seen the big here. city. I've seen the big city. It is worse for sure. Um yeah, I, I, it's a problem. There's no way around it. Like if you're if you're reviewing Pokemon, you have to talk about how bad it performs. Uh, it's definitely a part of it. Um, I just don't. I don't know if it's as game defining as some people uh, are making it out to be. Uh, it certainly has not been my experience. I'm sure some people have had worse experiences. It's also worth mentioning. I have the Nintendo Switch OLED, which I think does run it a little bit better and uh, than the than the uh, vanilla version. So, 
Um, we have a that. launch day switch from five years ago. Launch day switch. So I can tell you my launch day switch wouldn't have run it. I can try it. There you go. He got Nightcrawler. Fantastic car. He's on his never, way. Never stops being useful. Um, yeah. Like uh, my, my launch day switch started to show uh, degrading issues actually because of cooking mama cook star um so which i told you guys bricked my switch yeah um so uh it certainly wouldn't run on that like well at all so i'm, I'm assuming some people are having experiences that are yeah. kind of like that old switch that's that's uh, starting to lose its luster i don't have that problem i will say this um for people who are asking for a switch pro and i don't think it's going to happen for a multitude of reasons but for people asking for it I get it, and I think that a lot of the problems that they're experiencing right now would be alleviated if there was a stronger uh, option for you to play this game on. And I'll say, I, I think it's almost a certainty that Switch Pro is next year. I think Switch Pro got scrapped. That's my theory. I think, I think it was it got, supposed to come out, yeah. and I think it got scrapped. And I think now that we live in a an era with a pending recession where the competitors are doing really stupid things like releasing $600 products. I think switch really likes its positioning and I don't think that they care too much about power as long as you can give experiences that Hoag's daughter and people like her enjoy uh, and, and that they're just going to laugh all the way to the bank with their low powered product. I think, I think they like their positioning. Uh, I'll counter is, with saying the switch sales are slowing massively. I mean, you can watch it happen in real time. So I think that's when you hit the pro button. But do software sales slow massively? I think that's the that's the question. If if Pokemon sold way worse than it should have, given how many units of Switch there are out there, then then you're looking at it like, okay, we need to do something to improve the hardware. No, Scarlet and Violet is going to be a freaking vault buster. It's going to be there. Yeah, exactly. It's going it's to compete with Animal Crossing and Smash. And that's why I think that's why I think they won't make a Switch Pro because they already have such a huge install base and they want to make as much software on that as they can. And as soon as they release a, release a Switch Pro, developers are just going to start developing for that platform because why wouldn't you, right? And then you your install base goes. Can I tell you a secret? I can't really promise you that Scarlet and Violet aren't programmed for the Switch Pro and its spec sheet that we don't know yet. Um, I hope you're right. I would love to see Switch Pro. I just think. Uh, if I'm Nintendo, I'm looking at my positioning as being the only the cheapest product on the market that can do stuff like I can do. Even the Meta Quest, which is, you know, really popular in the same demographic because it also it's very affordable. They're they're blowing that out of the water by a lot. Fourth best fourth best uh, best selling console of all time. I don't know if that's when you abandon the platform. And I don't know. I don't know what Nintendo's thinking is. I don't think I you're going to abandon the right. platform. I think pro. I think it's a legitimate pro. And I see people in the chat being like, well, I don't think it's better to have one that runs it better. It's like, well, <laughs> assume the baseline doesn't move. This is the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet that you have, right? And, and the next one will be the same. And then there's just one that runs it smoother. I, I don't I don't really see how you're worse off there. And I suspect well, that Nintendo can work one up now with 10 years of difference between the chipset it's using in the Switch and now where they can get it at a reasonable price at the pro level. Yeah, my worry would be that as soon as... Uh people start developing for the switch pro the switch versions effectively don't run at all because a lot of effort has been put into making the switch versions run and i think that once developers start developing with switch pro uh kind of hardware in mind you're going to have a situation with cyberpunk where you know the xbox one and ps4 versions were like unplayable and 
that means that your install base that has all those old switches effectively can't really uh, work in the same space uh, for what you're developing software for. I think that's a problem. Um, and that's why people say that, you know, old platforms hold software developers back, which I don't think is true generally in the marketplace, but it certainly can be true in the Nintendo market where it's a walled garden and they're kind of deciding what the constraints are. Um, so that would be my concern. I don't think it's true at all, honestly. And I think if you've got audiences that can work with what comes out on the Switch, you just the only the only thing you have to mandate is it functions on the Switch. You can't release a Switch program unless it has a functional uh, capability on the Switch. Is that going to be the best place to play? No, but it's also going to be. I mean, if if the Pro comes out next year, which I think it will, um, you're looking at the Switch being six years old. I mean, it's essentially a generation anyway. Seven, right? I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think I think it's seven right now. Uh, no, it's five. But- it's 2015, right? Oh, 2017. I gotcha. Five years. Yeah. Um, and old. I know in, um, just to add to this, I know in the, uh, if you look at Nintendo's planned financials through next fiscal year, which they did release, uh, they show a downturn, right? So, uh, which uh, I believe, if I recall correctly, because I did a video on this, if you look into it, it shows a hardware investment. So, I mean, all the chips are aligning where they're clearly thinking about next gen uh and what that's going to mean for their kind of you know fiscal results but i think i don't see why i think someone in the chat say you know you can't abandon everyone on the switch that's never going to happen at least i don't think given the success of the switch uh you know you just release whatever the next iteration is whether it's a switch pro or they i think you have to kind of keep the switch because of its success name in there somehow although the wii u would maybe beckon uh yeah that's uh, what i'm just throwing you on it don't (laughs) don't throw you on it no Nintendo <laughs> does some stuff, man. I would never bet on. It should what clearly Nintendo's be called Super do. Switch. It, it matches <laughs> their history. I it, yeah, but I think it, it'll play all Switch games as they are today, right? If you want call to, it the but... Switch U, it will not yeah. be the same thing as the Switch. It'll yes. have a completely <laughs> Nintendo will Switch call me. it the Switch three fifty eight over two, and uh, it'll, <laughs> yeah, you know. I honestly but. wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo didn't even like just abandon the switch. I could see them doing that because it's Nintendo. They, I can't predict what they're, they're going to do. It yes, doesn't, it wouldn't make sense, but I could see them doing it. That you can't count for crazy. Any prognostications yeah. can't account for, for whack. <laughs> I mean, dude, they, they, they all but abandoned the Wii. I mean, the Wii U was not the successor to the Wii. That wasn't a, a Wii, you know, plus a super, a super Wii. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It, it was, it was their interim is what it's it was. Yeah. As soon as I saw the slowdown in the hardware sales, I said, "Okay, I think that's what they were waiting for." Um, yeah, and, and they, and they seemingly right. knew it was coming. Like you could see it. Like I said, they prepped it. Look at their numbers. Yeah. Um, so back to Pokemon. I think uh, yeah. I wasn't listening to every detail because I was focused on my match. No, here. yeah, that's what you were supposed um, to do. Yeah, but uh, so sounds like guys are enjoying it. Kids are enjoying it. Obviously, it's going to be a sales mega hit. Um, uh, outside of kind of the technical things people have brought up seems to be seems to be everything that uh everyone thought it was going to be correct well i i think we all thought it would run better um yeah, but it's sure. uh it's yeah it, you know rcs ran better i mean like just as an example okay. rcs runs better than uh yeah Scarlet and Violet. it was um, a different game didn't have the multiplayer player problem or the same kind of open world areas it was all sort of that was people's complaint right that it was empty yeah and, it's barren yeah, it was the test. Yeah. RTS is the test, but it worked really well. Um, and I, you know, they their their reach exceeded their grasp, which is fine. Uh, but it's yeah, you wish it would run better. But in terms of what it is as a game, like the designer type stuff, and rather than the technical stuff, 
I, I think it's a fantastic step forward. Cool. Love to hear it. Well, guys, my uh, Marvel Snap, I think I'm on my way. So I finished all the uh, intro things, and I just played my first actual match, apparently, which I Did won by win? one point. There it one is. Point. Nice. Um, I There's won that 20. dopamine hit. <laughs> I won two out of three, obviously, but I won 20 to 19 in the middle row. Um, so now I'm at this this main screen. I guess this is my deck. I guess a couple, yeah, just a Quicksilver. Couple. He's lame. Quicksilver's lame? Okay. You're out of here, Quicksilver. Hoax said yeah, you he's suck. Not good. No, he's not good. <laughs> um, so a couple questions just for the new Marvel Snap players. Uh, obviously, there's the, the stuff you can buy and all that. But with your deck, like, is there some type of resource somewhere which shows you how many cards are in the game and what they do? No. No. It's a mystery. Yeah, no. It's, really? It, the hit is, yeah. much, is like, uh, uh, you know, opening the pack and seeing what it is. So, in fact... As you go up your collector's levels, they'll they'll have mystery variant. They won't even tell you what it is. And then it's like, ooh, okay. Yeah. I don't even okay. know if there's been a cataloging of every card in the game. They're I adding mean, more, but I, I find I'm like level 800 or something like that. And I still am finding cards that I'm like, geez, I didn't know that. I still don't have Spider-Man. I know he's in the game. I don't have Spider-Man and I'm level 800 something. So it's it's completely random sometimes, which is kind of cool. Interesting. So it's more of a surprise to kind of learn everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it can work. They actually have a screen that pops up if if your opponent is using something you've never seen before. It'll yeah. go. It'll oh. go reveal, and yeah. uh, and then it'll tell you what that thing does. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I I will say I I think they've done a good job of making sure that none of these random cards that you get in packs are huge parts of the meta because it seems like even with all the crazy cards out there, people mostly use you know, the, the main cards that you get through the season pass and whatnot. So. Gotcha. And then, um, I saw the upgrades cards, they go upgrade rarity. Does that, um, do they get additional abilities? And is the second part of that question is, can there be multiple cards of one character that have different abilities? So are there like two punishers that have different um, abilities or no, all punishers it's, always it's designed to be sight red, right? So you don't yeah. have to pop into all the cards. So the punisher is always going to, have damage that is based on the opponents in that field when he shows up. And then yeah, there'll right. be however many punishers they want to have. Uh, but, and then you can upgrade each of those, but they're all what we would call cosmetics, right? So you have yeah. a card that's lame then they can break out of the frame. Uh, then they can, uh, 3D. Become 3D. they have the 3D, 3D background. Then they can animate that animate in, in quotes, you know, it's really bad. I, w I really <laughs> wish they would do more the procedural damage. waviness. Then I think after the animation, they get, uh, a shiny logo, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> okay. And then, and then an animated frame. And then, if you level that up, then you get to create a variant clone of the card, and then start leveling that up. But to answer your first question, Ains, it's one hundred percent cosmetic. The only yeah. gain you get from leveling them up that actually affects gameplay is that you level up your uh, your player level and you can unlock new cards. That That okay. is like the one thing where technically you could pay money to have an impact on gameplay because you could effectively just like raise all of your card level and then more quickly unlock cards. But I mean, I'm level 800. I've only bought the season passes. I haven't spent any other money. So I'm, I'm feeling like you kind of don't need to. So... Right. Okay. No, it's a, it's a yeah, I, I feel the same way you do, Travis, which is like, well, when I really analyze it, you get some kind of benefit, at least in variability from going up the levels, but it's not real. It's uh, not, you yeah, can, it's you fine. can work with credits um, and 
like the only the only objection I have to Marvel Snap at all is I wish they had some uh, obscenely high, you know, gold payment that you could make for the season pass. I just don't like it when you're completely locked out of an option on one of these types of games. Mm. Yeah. So I bought, bought both of the season passes for Yeah, which is 10 a pop. So hey, 10 a month, 120 a year is a bit high for Marvel Snap. Or is it? Yeah. <laughs> so is um the last question I have on it is uh because believe it or not, I used to play a game many years ago because I'm old called Doom Trooper, which uh was a very competitive card game. There's actually a Steam version of the game that someone created that you can play today. Um but the big question uh from my mind goes is is there a limit on the number of cards you can have a deck? And is there a well, limit on the number of each person you can have on a deck? And is there strategy? Yeah. One of each. Okay. No, I have one. Yep. Okay, and but there's no limit on how many cards you can have in your deck. Twelve. Tw- well, twelve total. Are you talking about in your collection? No, in your deck to play. Oh, yeah, your deck. It's always twelve. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's all I need to know. That's okay. That's interesting because you're like, gonna see uh, a good chunk of your cards. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting game that way. Yeah, the cards. So the card game I used to play. Meditation. What made it really competitive is the sense that um, there were a lot of different cards, first of all. Um, but you had to choose whether you want a big deck, right? And you have all these different features and stuff, but your odds of drawing one were lower, right? So the, yep. the competitive decks were a lot smaller, but only 12 makes it like you're going to see most of your characters every game. Exactly. Yeah, so, so you can you set can... up real combos a lot of the time. Okay. And then you have a okay. theme, right? So yeah. like, yeah, I've been, uh, what have I been playing? I, so I ran I ran a deck that was all Guardians of the Galaxy, which is funny because what they do is they 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 themed their own powers. So for the Guardians, as a, for instance, they each have different costs, uh, but outside of Star Lord, they're well, no Star Lord too. They're they're doing the same thing, which is guess where somebody else is going to put somebody. And if you guess oh. where somebody else is going to put somebody, and you're right, you get um, an outsized return on investment for your for your mana cost, right? Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> it's it's there's, a guess. there's a magic player right there. Well, <laughs> most of these games are running on mana. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so like that's fun, but it's it's too high variance. So you just kind of mess around with different things and you can do it as much as you want because it doesn't matter whether you, you you win or lose. For the most part, you can tell and you get better at betting. Um, and yeah, it's 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 fun. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. And they are, they add right. like it's not only cards. They added like for, with Wakanda, they added like four more locations and it's the locations that really change how you play. Oh yeah, <laughs> location locations are everything, and especially in this past week. Right. Well, they had the, they had the one day where it was like just every single game had the one where uh, the the best the best card challenges all other cards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the fight fight land, and then uh, yesterday they had the death one where you play a card there and it dies, and so destruction decks were just feasting. Yeah. It's yeah. A, a lot of interesting yeah. stuff. That's no, cool. you have a lot of fun. So yeah, cool. yeah, and then you can have a bunch of different decks. So I have a yes, I have a I have a just upgrade these deck where I'm just playing cards that I'm just trying to get my collector's level high, and it's just all grays. It's like let's see if we can make something out of this. Wow. <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll check it out a little more. I don't know. Like I said, I I don't I don't mess with m- m- uh, mobile games, no matter what they are, much. But uh, card games like that do interest me. So I'll check it it's out more. Great for football games. Fun. So much downtime. True. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I didn't get to talk last week because for two weeks I was under embargo for Pentiment, but let me just quickly mention, I know it's been talked about a lot this week and it's not probably too much to cover on it, but my, you know, review and video review are out. A lot of good feedback. Thank you. 
everyone who commented or watched. Um, I gave Pentiment an eight. Uh, as uh, Travis knows well, when you're reviewing a game prior to embargo, you never know where you're going to land, right? You don't know what other people are thinking of the game. And I didn't talk to anyone else who was playing it while I was playing it. Um, so uh, I gave it an eight. I really enjoyed the arc of the game. So uh, we've talked in DMs about this because uh, I was talking to Hogue about it. But like, it, it's definitely a slow game, right? It is a, a game that is entirely conversational. You read the entire game. That's all it is. There's no game. It's a visual game. novel, folks. We, we do not need to, yes. to get around the corner here. People are not using the phrase for Pentiment. Pentiment is a straight up visual novel with choices and locations, just like any other yeah. Good. Yeah, I, think, I think not calling it a visual novel is a strategic decision. Oh, certainly. Yeah. But it was like, as soon as I got in there and I was like, oh, I know the, I know these beats yeah. and I know this pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, but the, the arc of it, what, you know, makes it kind of fun and unique is there's three acts. Uh, they cover 25 years of time and the same families and people in the town are involved through those three acts. Right. And so you see kids grow up, you see people die. Um, you see things move on, things change, seasons change, you know, buildings change, et cetera. And it was just a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. I love the conversational aspect and the decision-making aspect. And it's clear that there are different ways you can approach things. Uh, I am thinking about, uh, I, I clicked to start a second playthrough. I just haven't gotten far at all, but I, I'm interested to see, you know, if I, I don't want to, no spoilers here, but if I do certain things differently, what that looks like. So anyway, really fun game. I'm glad I was surprised to see how much praise it got. Um, you know, oh, I yeah. guessed prior to launch that it was going to be in the kind of mid seventies meta. That's what I was guessing. And I thought I was pretty high on it. And then, uh, multiple sites, you know, in the nines, a few tens, IGN gave it a 10 Travis. I don't know what you guys are doing over there. Um, and I blame you for all things IGN because clearly you're responsible for IGN. Devaluing um, your point totals. I got <laughs> so much trouble for that tweet. I still have, I still have comments coming from that tweet. I, mean, I thought the tweet was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, just joking around with my friend. I, know, I thought it was funny. It's just, it's just people, people having opinions. You know, <laughs> Lan is a good that. reviewer. She, she really liked the game. You know, power, yeah. more power to her. Here's the issue I have with it, right? So I've, I'm not, I haven't beaten it. I, I have, uh, I, I've played it for a few hours, um, and it's about twenty hours long. It's a long game. It's longer than people think. That's visual novel. I was gonna say, I, Travis, I had the exact same response. It's like that's a visual novel. Yep, yeah, visual <laughs> novels are about twenty hours, pretty much all. But I think when yeah. when people looked at it and what you were doing, they're like, "Oh, this would be like an eight to ten hour game." And as I played through mm -hmm. it, I'm like, "This is definitely not an eight to ten hour game." As long yeah, I mean, as soon as you know it's a, a visual novel, you're like, "Okay, no way, not gonna yep. be eight hours." As, yeah. as soon as I figured out what the game was, it was like, "Oh, it's the choice that probably doesn't matter," and here's a choice that matters, and okay, all right, I played these. Uh, it. Visual novel is almost entirely based on its writing, right? I mean, right. Pendiment has uh, good visuals, it has interesting visuals at least. But they're they're playing around with low budget type stuff. Um, they're they're almost entirely based on their writing. And to me, to get a ten on one of these, you have to be doing just absolutely masterful work. And I haven't seen that in Pentiment in its first. I don't know what I played four or five hours. Um, it's it's it, it, we'll see where it goes. Um, you know the 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 long arc of history. Uh, and I said this to you in DMs, uh, Ains, and we won't go into spoilers, but certainly I think the subject matter and how it treats with it is going to be more attractive to a certain segment of writers uh, that are probably more inclined to give it high marks. 
I know what you I know what you mean by that. Um, yeah. I think that's probably true to a degree, as I told you in DMs. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does. Um, I would agree. I would agree with you that uh, I, I think the game, especially for a game uh, compared to what we see in some other things we'll talk about, is generally written pretty well. Um, yes, and it I, is. And I, I, I don't think want that. The, that. Yeah, and I think that the arc, as I told you, I think the arc that it takes eventually surprised me a bit because it it. Dives into a few topics later on in the game that I didn't expect, and I was like, "Oh, okay." okay. Um, well, which is good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, although it's it's combined, and I put this in my review, it's combined with a third act that, in my opinion, is too slow. The third act mm. kind of drags a bit uh, yep. compared to oh, one that is two. a visual novel. My God! <laughs> but it culminates. It. Finally, did it. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it culminates uh, well, and the so, ending... you know, what, you know, it's interesting, uh, Hogue. We haven't talked about this, but the why would the... you interrupt me mid sentence to say oh. you know what's interesting, Hogue? Well, because it me. was we were talking about visual novels. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, was gonna, no, I was just, Travis, I was gonna, Gary, I was gonna Travis, relate it. You go it. on, Travis. We could just have a talk down here, all right? Yeah, Nobody's gonna, gonna, <laughs> yeah. gonna say, you know, it's kind of. I, I feel usually when you interject, you're interjecting about the point currently being made by someone, not a completely side point. It was, it was something Kogan and I were co-commenting on about what you were saying, which is the the, uh, the what I was gonna say is that like it's it's interesting how much Xbox has sort of become a bastion for visual novels on the xbox platform which xbox platform has had the least visual novels by far by far and i love visual novels so i usually go to playstation and pc and switch and other mobile mobile as well i go to mobile for switch and it's it's interesting to uh it's interesting to me that they're sort of using game pass to get xbox players playing visual novels which i think is kind of cool so I was just going to say that, Ains, because you strike me as the type of person who would not play visual novels. Uh, and uh, I've tried to get you to play visual novels before, unsuccessfully. Uh, the, uh, You've tried uh, to get a- me to play uh, Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney, which is a visual novel. Yeah, That's that's not uh, trying to get me to play visual novels. That's trying to get me to play one game. Well, I'm Ace trying to get you to play one game. Kind of <laughs> I'm trying to get you to play one game, which will lead you to play visual novels. If you, Ace you Attorney know, has more gameplay than like a standard visual novel and like more gameplay than pentiment yeah a lot i mean a lot of the most popular ones do danganronpa also has kind of a similar amount of well i was gonna go with you know the 999 stuff but yeah 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 typically not my typically not my area for sure well no i I, I like an, an ains eight for a visual novel is pretty high praise in my opinion. I wouldn't have expected you to give uh, Pentiment an eight. So that's why when you said it was an eight, I was like, okay, I can get why Leanna or the IGN reviewer gave it a 10 because she's a visual novel person, like loves strategy games and visual novels and those sorts of games. The slower pace, the less gameplay is sort of her, her zone. You know? But I'm a guy that loves narrative and, 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 and I have to like kind of reserve to see where it goes and what it does. Uh, but it's it's so kind of it's not even slow. It, it, it's just talking about things that maybe don't matter to the overall aspects of, of what it's going to tell as a story. Uh, here's the problem I have. Right. A visual novel competes not just with games for me. Visual novel competes with novels. A visual novel competes with movies or stories that are otherwise told. And so what do you got in Pentiment? I'm, I'm a I'm a pretty avid reader of like historical fiction and Ken Follett and pillars of the earth and these kinds of things. I'm sitting here, I'm playing Pentiment. It's like, okay, well, this is, this is your dollar tree version of that. This is, this is your discount store version of 
like real type of novels in this historical fiction genre. And, and maybe it spins things around or maybe it's people's first exposure to that kind of storytelling, but it, it's, it's still superficial enough to be a video game to me. And I hope it does more. And like I said, I'm, I'm five hours in, I think. Um, but did you get the act two yet? No, I'm at the tail end act one. Okay. Okay. And it so sounds uh, like it gets more substantial, right? Ants? Yeah. That's I think everybody, what I'm hearing online is people really love act two. Act um, two really expands upon it. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and, and I am in some respects, I'm the wheelhouse for this. Like I really do. You know, I, I, I love those books. Um, I, I love reading that. Uh, and, uh, we'll see it's significantly more, I don't know. It has, it has significantly more large thoughts than I feel safe usually giving to game developers. Mm. Uh, and that might be my own biases, uh, but it's <laughs> like, so. well, we'll see. Travis, it's fine. I'm, that's why I say it might be my own biases. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't trust y'all very much on these kinds of topics. It gets bigger. You said game developers, not game yeah. critics, right? No, not game critics. Developers. Okay. No, no. Uh, critics I have my own beefs with, obviously. Yeah. You have your critics. Gets, you have your your beefs with everyone in the industry. Uh, I've read your Twitter. I've been because he's a it's because um, he's a hipster. He's a hipster. Yeah, he's got to he's got to be. You know, I don't know what the point of being in social media or going out there with thoughts is if you're not just going to be honest and talk yeah. to people about your thoughts about these things. Yeah, I don't think IGN gave too many good tens in the last ten days. Yeah. What can I say? I mean, you can you can be honest. And a dick, you know what I mean? Like those I can, things are not. I don't. I'm always. Reasonable minds can differ. You're, you're, you're fine. Um, <laughs> Doki Doki yeah, is also good. I want to say, and you should play that. Doki game. Doki. I hear a lot of people talk about. It. I it's just don't really think it's for good. me. I just don't dude. Think it's for me. You're gonna think you're gonna think it's not for you for like the first couple hours. And then Doki like, Doki oh, Literature damn. Club is mean. Oh damn! <laughs> it gets crazy. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, Ains, I, I'm really happy that you like that game. And I and yeah. by the way, I predicted that Hogue would like it on a previous episode of this podcast. Remember? You I did? was like, I, I predicted he would love it actually. So I think if if Hogue right ends up, like. if Hogue ends up giving it a nine or better in his brain, then I think I win that that particular bet. We'll it's see. We'll see. I, I'm reserving for it. I, I yeah, I don't I don't see it right now. Uh, I, I you said eight Ains, and I felt eight. Yeah, but we'll, I gave we'll, it an eight. Yeah, and I, if I think stuff with the story that surprises me or I think is really you know yeah. impactful, then then it'll. But Ains gave it an eight. To no, me, but Ains I, eight I, on a visual novel, I think that might be a hoag nine. Right, we'll because see. I'm a narrative. My, yeah, if you yeah. if you if you like narrative story, guy you're like who likes narrative. visual novels already, yeah. you're already past the weirdness of it being a visual novel. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I I actually foresee Hoag uh, giving it or giving it an eight too. Um, because I think that you will get into more of the stuff we've talked about, but I think the complaints I have will you'll also have. All right, I will see. I'm going to keep playing it most definitely. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll circle back on this one and see. Although honestly, Norco has kind of taken my uh, shiny, oh Norco, my, my, my kind of shiny mm. squirrel. I was like, ooh, ooh. 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 That game, that cool. I also picked that one up. I, I'm uh, I'm my situation on Pentiment is I'm super behind on games, but I did finish my most recent review on friday so i'm nice. a free agent now and i'm really excited to play a pentiment if i gotta I catch just, up on call of duty if ragnarok mm -hmm. would just come around i could move on to hitting pentiment harder 
damn See? it. Ragnarok is uh, weirdly at the bottom of my I'll get to it kind of list. It's, it's like, not right, I weirdly need, at all, Travis. I recommend I, it. I, I need to play it, but like after the first five hours or so, I was like, I'm good. I'll wait on this one. I'll go back to it later. So you did. Yeah. You got it. You got Ragnarok. <laughs> all right. Well, hold on. We're, we're getting to Ragnarok, but I want to make sure there's any other games because you mentioned Norco. I also want to ask if any of you are playing Somerville, which uh, finally released from Jump Ship this week. So anything else? we want to touch on before we get the Ragnarok and I'm I'm when we get the Ragnarok I want to start with Dan because Dan wasn't here last week for our kind of preliminary conversation Dan's the only one that's seen Ragnarok we're gonna let him loose yeah, yeah. he's the only one who beat the whole game and he wasn't here to talk about it yeah. uh I, I guess the only other games I'm playing is I'm going back and trying to finish up some other games and I'm also playing Grounded again I find for nice. some reason uh the game just can, keeps pulling me back in um so yeah i got to get around to call of duty i got to play the with you Ains, preferably got to play that one got to do yeah jump in yeah I uh, so the, the black friday sales are on both of the platforms yes right now. and so i picked up i don't know eight eight or nine games that slipped through the cracks or whatever one of them speaking of visual novels that i'm really enjoying is goofy as hell uh is a full motion video game from square enix called the centennial case uh that came out i think in may or june uh, and it is a visual novel. It's an Ace Attorney. Uh, if you imagine all the Ace Attorney scenes are full motion video. Um, and it is exactly as ridiculous as that. I'm currently solving a case about whether a mummy killed someone. Uh, and it makes my day. Classic. It makes nice. my day. Square Enix tried to sell it for too much here in the West, at least. Uh, but on the Black Friday sale, I was like, yep, sign me up. That was one that I had looked at in May and said, it's what? Which one's this? The Centennial Case. The Centennial Case. Okay. Yeah, okay. go check it out. It is ridiculous. Um, and you solve, uh, you are essentially a mystery writer and you are solving ridiculous mysteries over the course of a hundred years of this single family's uh, situation. Wow. I do like that you you have a knack of finding these types of games, Hogue, that I would not have heard about otherwise, uh, which is awesome. I like. I, I don't. I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean no, no, it's fine. I'm not going to recommend it to any given person because it's got a very Japanese melodramatic approach to all this. But my goodness, if that if, if that's your bag or you can otherwise enjoy it, play it on dubbed. They'll all sound like anime characters. Oh, it's a good time. Nice. Uh, Dan, you said you're playing PGA, um, which uh, I've been playing on the side too. It's like my relaxing game. How are you enjoying it? It's great, man. We played a bunch of Top Golf yesterday. I wish they were more Top Golf games, yeah. you know. Yeah. But this is basically one in one place, which is yeah. fine because it's Vegas. But um, yeah, otherwise it's been fantastic, having a good yeah. time. It's it's super relaxing at the same time. It's super, it's kind of nerve wracking. Like when you miss that putt by like one inch, and like I'm I'm, I'm like literally hanging off the couch, and my wife is like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like, "I'm trying <laughs> to make it go in the hole." I love that. <laughs> So, yeah, it's super, Go but it's super fun. Home. My son's, yeah. Putting's up no pain. Too home, home. Yeah. Yeah, but my kids are, you know, they, they had a good time. We played last night a few rounds of it, and they really had a good time with it. Nice. They awesome. downloaded it, so, yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I'm going to probably be playing that quite a bit until, I don't know, Witcher 3 comes out. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, you can play. I don't know if this is on the list, Danes. I'm sorry, I didn't do my homework. Are we talking about um, Second Sons at all, or Midnight Suns at all? We can. All right. 
<laughs> I'm going to try to get Dan to try Midnight Suns. This is my goal for the episode. Um, nice. All right. Let's let's circle back on that one. Let me. Uh, oh, real quick before they get to the super chats and, and Ragnarok, uh, Somerville. So I've only played like 30 minutes of it. Uh, it opens just like you would expect a game from the ex creator of Limbo and Inside, you know. Uh, and I've heard. I, I I don't know what I expected because you know Limbo and Inside were so critically acclaimed. Uh, this game, from what I saw, is getting generally sevens. Seven and a half, so you know, in that PC kind of gamer mix. destroyed it. I don't know what was in the guy's coffee that day. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, I didn't. I didn't look, but I've only <laughs> about thirty minutes, and so as I play that more, we'll talk about it more in the future. But it sounds like none of us really have gone through it. It's only about four hours long, from what someone said. Right on my backlog this week. Okay. I'm going to be so efficient with my time okay. if I don't get another <laughs> review, which I probably will. So Ragnarok, like its mythological namesake, has just taken over the entire world. So okay, all right, let's get these super chats. A few of them have been sitting for a while here. Yeah, Don Lar with the two dollar super chat. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Two dates, cool down the girlfriend thing. Oh, Travis. <laughs> oh, you know she is an avid viewer of Big Cast. I don't know if she's going to okay. appreciate that super chat. Yeah. So I uh, I replied to this comment saying two dates with a two hour drive each way is at least a ten date status with conversion <laughs> for time so uh i think that 10 dates is she's your girlfriend bro that's my yeah. that's my personal feeling on it yeah if you're driving two hours man i mean each I don't way know what to say. yeah each, each way, way. Yeah. that's like I mean, jacksonville that's seems like a big place right or orlando wherever a, he lives isn't that just a commute in california travis i don't know that's where i mean you i mean i live in san francisco so i don't I, I'm already here. I Sorry, I, my, my understandings of California are all Los Angeles County based. I yeah, no, uh, Los Angeles is a different country as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Don, thank you very much. Uh, Vault Boy in the Vault house. Boy, $5 Canadian. DMZ mode in COD Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> I love this chat. Just changed the way I look at uh, COD gaming, the world. world. <laughs> the gaming, the world. Nice. Well, I don't know. I, I have no idea. When, gaming, the world. It's the world. Ch change it's the changed. way he looks at COD, comma gaming, comma the world. It's crazy good. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. I was talking to him on then. Twitter yesterday, and uh, yeah, he's he's loving it too. And, and really, I'm, I'm yeah, I already said my superlatives, so it's it's excellent. I just love that, right? It's like DMZ mode. I've I've thought about world religions differently. I have a new political <laughs> outlook. <laughs> yeah. The de demilitarized zone version of Call of Duty. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. I want that to be the debate boys. answer. What caught you into public office? I played this mode of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh my <laughs> God. Changed everything. Does it every Changed time? I love it, Vault Boy. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, brother. Gecko Gamer in the house. And Hogue, which is more myopic, Sony Interactive Entertainment or Disney Parks? Oh, Sony. I mean, Disney's raised their prices twice in three months, uh, but they at least have a demand thing on their side. Sony's stock is in the tank, and they don't have any idea what they're doing. <laughs> myopic about what? Profit price, prices price. prices and 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 i guess content selection see if disney disney parks isn't myopic they're you know, they're only going to serve sultans and sheiks and things like that at the end of the day but sony interactive entertainment i i don't know what their i don't know what their hypothesis is here uh so we'll see how they do disney disney's just moving into being elite entertainment and they're going to just live there i'm glad disney. i don't care that much about it Neither cool. one of them. Cool. All right. <laughs> Super chats out of the way. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. So let's talk. We said we would circle back on this because we talked 
about God of War Ragnarok last week. Obviously, we already got the conversation out of the way. It's up for game of the year, very highly rated game. Uh, last week, me and Travis were still early, a few hours in. Hogue was about 10 hours in. 30. Um, I am now where you were last week, I believe, Hogue. I'm right around the 10-hour mark. Uh, obviously, no spoilers here. Don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, I'm, about, I'm about the 10-hour mark. Uh, Travis, did you advance at all this week? Not really. Come, not really. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> not really. Fair. I mean, a little bit, but no. Uh, Hogue played it a bunch, and Dan has finished it. So, Dan, hours. I want... 30 hours for Hogue. 30 hours and still going. Okay. Um, Dan, I want to start with you because we... You know, we were doing Big Cast in 2018 when God of War uh, 2018 came out, uh, and it obviously was very similar. Similar Metacritic, similar reception, people blown away, et cetera. And I know I've said before I was about a nine on that game. I know you were high on it because I remember our conversation around the time. Um, And then obviously a lot of hype going into this one, and our DMs have been funny. So I want to start with you because you weren't here last week, so you've now finished the whole game. Talk to us. I mean, it's it's. I think I said it in a tweet uh, that basically, I, I think a lot of the praise and and uh, just the masterpiece talk is, is is due to the fact that there really hasn't been a whole lot of AAA games, you know, with these big narrative, you know, robust gameplay games this year. Aside from basically Elden Ring and Horizon for Ben West, there's been a couple other things, but you know, so maybe the bar is super low. But I mean, I, I just I just think that you know I mean it, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed my time with it. I think it's a great game. I think it's exactly you know what I expected, um, which wasn't much. Uh, I wanted them to basically finish the story of Kratos and Atreus, and uh, give me some improved things here and there. So in that respect, uh, they kind of nailed it. Um, However, it is very, very long-winded. It is. Uh, it, it takes forever to get so long. To, so long, it, to, to from from point you know A. It's like the natural progression in your head is like, okay, this is going to happen next, and then fifteen things happen in between those two things, and you're just like, wait a minute, why was this necessary, or why wasn't it better implemented in the story? Right? It, it could have like 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 there was a. Uh, Without no spoilers, remember? Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the game here. No, 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 I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, there, there, there was just one part where you 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 kind of think it's like, okay, I see kind of that light at the end of the tunnel, yes. and this is, and then and then and then all of a sudden that light kind of starts fading away, and, <laughs> and then it's just like, wait a minute, where happened to the light? And it, it happens three or four times in this game, and it's not necessarily just for the ending; it's just for like different, you know, parts of that story, you know, and, and the progression of it. And, yeah. and and those parts are great, but you know it still feels kind of unnecessary. There's a lot of side content uh, that is very very unnecessary unless you want to upgrade stuff. Um, and I know people have their issues. I've said this too the, with, with with Ghost of Tsushima, but like that those that side content was meaningful to a lot of the story, to you know character development, to your relationship with your other companions right so like when i see a game that's kind of what i want if there's going to be a that that you know amount of side stuff i don't want some slag or whatever that they have been you know slag deposits yeah yeah, yeah. hack silver and some garbage you know, little chest 
stupidest you know, crafting. Oh, so, so I, I said last week, you remember, I said that the up the whole upgrade system is one area where I really hope they upgraded it, pun intended, from God of War 2018, because it feels like it's um what's the word I'm looking for? Like um tacked on. Yeah, tacked on like uh, uh not meaningful, right? It's just it's there not. to say it has it. We um, needed to put things in chests. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, exactly. And, and a lot of like the like the even your your man with the axe and and your blades, you know the, those those upgrades to level nine or whatever are locked behind, you know, other side content, right? And you got to do like okay, there's six of this thing that you need to make this one thing to then upgrade your axe or whatever. I'm just like, well, this is super pointless. Uh, the combat, I will say this, amazing. I, I think it was much more fun than the first one. I think mm-hmm. they did a, it's a better wonderful year. job and implemented, you know, new enemies, uh, how to tackle each, you know, that's great. It's, it's really good. Uh, it feels very, you know, tight, you know, and, and I really enjoyed that. So it, that's probably my favorite part of the game. I think the story is fine and it ended in a way that uh, it had to. I'll just say that, you know, it's like, okay, that's, that makes sense, right? Like, if you get to the end and you're just like, all right, I accept that. Good job. Thank you, Sony Santa Monica. That's, you know, now, now I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and I have so, a theory. Yeah. See, I have not beaten the game. I've poured my damn heart into it. I was trying to beat it before uh, this, epi- this episode because, at Dan, I could not agree with you more on this. You can see the contours of what it's going to be, and then mm-hmm. you're just like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. why why are we going in this direction or that to just mix up people or places or whatever and then just kind of keep soaring through them um i it is so meandering it is mm-hmm. so lost and aimless and it's like a you know like when you were a kid and you'd get you know, like the golden books and then like your your mom or your dad might get you the treasury of the golden books and it's just a bunch of unrelated stories that kind of maybe have some similar artwork in them it's like that and i have a theory on that i don't even know that i can discuss it without spoilers because at least it's a spoiler for the end of 2018 as to what Mm. exactly this game is and how it got designed but in in first of all i wouldn't have called it ragnarok because other than ragnarok is coming ragnarok ain't coming for you're gonna spend some time i i i think this was a trilogy I think this was a trilogy. I think this one was called Fimble Winter, and they didn't have enough or didn't want to spend enough on whatever Ragnarok would have Or didn't been. want to call a game thin, Thimble Winter. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, Fimble Winter is awesome to say, and we yell it every time a character says it in this game. So imagine now how much we're yelling Fimble Winter. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a lot. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't put it on a box for a game. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have called this Ragnarok, so we're even Steven. Um, so th- th- this game has a bunch of cool ideas and it will take one of its cool ideas and it will put you there for three to five hours until you hate it, your life and the choices that you made to lead you into this position. Then it will do it again. And then it will do it again. And nowhere in any of that will it be apparent that there is an overarching plot goal direction and the worst sin it commits early on the first two realms and the prologue are that it is utterly directionless. Like there isn't even a reason why you're doing the thing 
other than we're playing God of War. Uh, if you go and you look, there's not there's not a drive toward why are we why are we looking for this object? Why are we rescuing this person? Why are we going to this place? And it only kind of starts to come into focus. I don't even know, 15 hours in, 20 hours in. Um, and then it just bounces around more. It, it almost feels like those, I, I know I said this to you in DMs, but for those of you that watched Lost, it feels like Jack's Tattoos episode, which is kind of a famous example of, we've got an episode requirement to fill for ABC, right? <laughs> we are going to hit 40 hours with this thing or something along those lines. And so we're going to do all these various things and they're going to be out of that golden book treasury but they aren't going to advance any particular ball other than the fact that Kratos has been reset at the start of the game. Atreus has been reset at the start of the game. We're going to clash and we're going to clash until I presume we're not going to clash anymore. And we're going to have friendship is magic right into the end, whatever it is. Right. That's, that's the biggest thing, right? I mean, it's like it, it just started the whole game over again, as far as character development. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I couldn't understand why it was just like, okay, we saw strides of character development, for these guys in God of War 2018, and then maybe putting it maybe a little bit too strongly, but I mean, yeah. we, we saw, you know, Kratos go from this to this, right? And, and Atreus as well, you know? And then you start this one, and like within like 20 minutes, you're like, well, this is, that's all gone. I mean, I don't even know <laughs> what happened to everything, you know? What happened to these these relationships, you know? Did it just completely fall apart? Atreus is taller. Positive. Yeah, that's about it's it. And he's got a deeper voice. And his voice actually changed, which is, you know, yeah. reality. But it's, it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't, it just didn't feel like it was it was very satisfying as far as like, you know, some some of the some of the reasons they gave. It's hard to talk about this without getting this. Yeah, but sure. it's just it's it's. I enjoyed the game. I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, I will also say that even when you think it's over, it's not over. And that happens probably 10 times. Uh, it, it's, it's the, 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 the way it holds your hand. And I'm a big fan of holding my hand through games. I, I hate games that don't tell you anything and just let you kind of, but I don't need, you know, people telling me what kind of, you know, Hey, look at that rock up there. Maybe you should shoot it with this specific spell. I see and gear. Then, you should use your frozen axon. <laughs> don't really. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 there, there were times where I'm just like, I'm like, Oh, I think I got it. I think I got it. And then, Dude opens his mouth and it's just like, what, dude? I almost had it. You know, I feel like you're up. on a timer. You have 30 seconds. Yes. You walk, you walk in and you're like, all right, I got to solve this, or Atreus or whomever is going to say something. And uh, yeah, I was I was just going through a sequence where it's like, okay, yeah. I see what you want me, and then it's, have you tried blah 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 blah? It's like, I. Yeah. It's, it's tough. <laughs> no, it's I hadn't because you didn't let me. <laughs> well, and the model is so rote. Like if you break it down, see, one of the things that I think is really great about Ragnarok, and I think everybody agrees, is the polish and the way it looks and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, stunning. Uh, but it's, uh, it is it is absolutely hallway battle arena, hallway puzzle, yes. puzzle hallway battle arena. Thank you. And then... And then and in, in many of these realms, it'll have, a, it'll have a portion where it'll just say like, here's the plot... And then yep. there'll be a guy that says, here's a here's an explorable area or here are the side quests. And it is so mechanical and so rote. And I I can tell you this, um, you know, I'm sure whatever the reviewers uh, looked at that they liked on the side quest that what, what I what I charitably call. Oh, no, they're blue flagging me again because it's little blue flags that come up if a if a dialogue option will lead you to a side quest. I've been buzzing through for at least like at least two two realms, two, two plot moments now, just be like, we, all right, we got, I gotta, I gotta finish this and then I'll come back. 
<laughs> I will I will look at all this crap later because so much of it, I I know that they put a lot of pictures around it and a lot of nice art or whatever. So much of it is this ghost needs your help and you need to do three things. This ghost needs your help and you need to do three things. There are three beaches for you to land on. There are six things to do. And it's like, I am, I am not here with you. You are not compelling enough for this. No, I think as you guys were talking about the narrative and, and, and what concerns me now listening to you guys is the part I'm in right now, I'm quite literally exhausted with. And many people, you two included, and other people I've spoken to have said the part I'm in right now is the worst part of the game. Second New uh, Realm? I don't know how to say it. A new character and kind of wandering okay. around. Yep. Um, oh, okay. I know where you are exactly from that. <laughs> wandering around. At, you're wandering around at the slowest possible pace. Yes, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. And you're forced to. See, this is what so, I'm talking about when I give that example, right? I think that new character is great. I think some of the yes. things that new character does are great. I think the actual things you're learning in terms of lore and world building can be great. It goes on 400 times longer than it needs to. Yes. Yeah. So what worries me is the way you guys are talking about the rest of the game where it improves a bit, but it still kind of just drags on and, and narrative and stuff. My biggest issue with the game is exactly what you just described, Hope, which is game design which is what you're actually doing through the game. And it is literally, as you said, it is go fight a couple enemies, open a chest, have some exposition, repeat. That's the entire freaking game. There is nothing interesting about that to me. Well, what's um, hilarious is they have a sequence where you've got uh, a, a device of some kind that you're supposed to use to lead you in a direction to find something else. And it's still the linear level. It's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and you can see it in the level design. And I think it's really weird because I was joking with on cast with Luke, I think, and he's like, why am I playing Uncharted? Um, you know, because you're bouncing yeah. and climbing all this stuff. And I'm like, I feel like I'm playing a combination of Uncharted and Last of Us. And as we joked last week, Last of Us strength is not the gameplay, right? It's the It's the relationship building and the narrative. And when you combine that with this kind of level design and puzzles and meandering as you, I think is a good word for a lot of this game. And again, from what I've heard, I haven't gotten to the best parts yet. I don't, I'm not judging the full game here, but just what I've played. Um, it's just not doing it for me. And I'm, I look at these reviews um, that are blown away and I think, wow, the, the latter half of this game or the last third of this game better be absolutely mind blowing to justify what i've played through so far and from what i'm hearing from you guys and a few others is it's better and there's some really cool parts but it's not mind-blowing it's um, stronger I mean, from where you yeah, are sure. to, to where i am it's stronger than where you were uh but I, uh, my theory and, and dan maybe can help us out my theory on this has been now for 20 hours of gameplay or so is like the ending must be awesome the ending must be amazing because there is this notion in both critic classes and just if you like look at the analysis of media in general that you've got the you've got the start and you've got the end and they're always going to get a heightened kind of just remembrance that over right. the kind of churn in the middle right and if you end just fantastically like regardless of the rest of a movie for instance you're going to get a higher score than you might otherwise if you're leaving the theater stoked about yes. what you saw so my my theory is it it ends strongly um, and that leads you into your review process with the like, man, that was something, uh, you know, one of those that 
one of those that works that way for me a little bit. And I know people, you, Travis especially likes to mock me for this one, but I really love Death Stranding. And part of my love for Death Stranding is that I think it ends tremendously strongly. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people that play Death Stranding are never going to see any of that. <laughs> That's what I worry about with Ragnarok too, frankly, because to your point, you can get past a lot of stuff if you have a great ending. But if your game is 30, 40 hours long, uh, getting to that ending is... Not a lot of people, not a, not everyone's going to get there. And that's kind of a bad, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of games being as long as they need to be and not trying to artificially inflate how long they are. It but it feels like a lot of filler. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what you guys are saying, honestly, obviously I'm only like five hours in, but it's it, a lot of what you guys are saying is like exactly what I said about the first one, <laughs> to be honest. No, you're, I mean, you're right. Like... And, and honestly, Travis, as I've played through this game and Rob uh, Frawley just said in the chat, this is, the level design's the same as 2018. And now, in my mind, I'm thinking, was I too forgiving of 2018's flaws? Because I think at the time, we talked about this before, when they rebooted God of War and it was Kratos in a new light and this new story and it was a showcase for the PlayStation 4, I, I go back and think, were we too forgiving on its flaws because of what it achieved in 2018? Um, because as I'm playing this now, as we said, it's it's gorgeous. It's a stunning it is technical achievement um but the other aspects of it are really not doing it for me but at that time there was nothing that really compared to what god of war 2018 was i think they moved the needle enough to where i think you're probably pretty spot on you could overlook some of those flaws right you, right? right because well because yeah you, you you've got this different kind of gameplay you've got this this totally you know seamless uh experience where you know there's not loading screens and all this other stuff there there's there's different things that i think that game did where it, it kind of moved at least that genre forward a little bit very you know regardless of whether you like the story or not i think it, it it did a good job telling it but with this one it seems like like i said it's kind of a rehash you know the engine's kind of the same now there are areas and you guys i don't know if you've gotten to them yet that are open like where they're like more, they're not, I'm rolling down this corridor. Now they're open in the sense that, okay, this is big. It's not like the, uh, the it's uh, the lake. They lake. do, they, they do the lake, like the lake. They're, they're, nine. But, but they do it differently. Um, I don't know how to really say this. There, there, there's stuff that's kind of placed all over these, but there's a big open area, for instance, in, uh, I want to say it's Anaheim. Uh, and there's another one. Uh, gosh, I can't remember those. I can't remember all the Heims. There's too many. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I will tell you the first place I get annoyed. So, you know, you look at Svartalheim and it does a mini Lake of the that Nine. One, that one's very tunnely. You know what I mean? It like does a mini like, Lake of the Nine, and you're like, blah. That's no. the early one that I did already. Yeah, right? you did Svartalheim. Yeah. I was yeah. the same way. It was like, I'm going to roll to this little. It's, it's I'm way bigger than roll. what you've experienced, though, so far. So, there's okay, way good. more to it. That's, that's well, very good. Yeah, no, no, no. There's there's other parts of it that are, you know, and that's where some of the best fights are too of the game. It's like finding these these uh, mini boss battles and and stuff like that. But it's yeah, it's very very much, you know, I'm gonna put you on these rails and send you out, and then they kind of get you to this point where it's like, okay, now do whatever you want to do, you know. And, and that's their mode. There's, there's like there's like three places in the game. Yep. Which sucks because there could have been a lot more. I mean, they got to a point where I was, I was just like, I gotta do something, and and just because it's it's driving me crazy how it just it was just boring at the time. So I went and found a 
Troy Baker does a voice of like a squirrel. So I just sat there for like, I'm not even joking, like 10 minutes and just stop talking. <laughs> throwing my stuff at him. And, it was, and then I was like, I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. You're, you're talking about Ratatasker? No, it's not him. That's not, he doesn't oh. do his voice. Oh, okay. Um, it's actually, I think it's one of his friends he does the voice for. That's how, that's how low he was on the totem pole in this one. So, nice. Yeah. I, so, I, you know, Sorry, Hogue, let me ask this. I don't know if it's going to tie into what you're about to say, yeah. but as I as I reflect on this game and I, I continue to push through it, I was thinking about uh, Sony First Party in general, right? And the, the uh, I, I called them on cast co-op spectacle games. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is they're big budget, beautiful graphics, a lot of flash and, and you know. There's just... a lot of flash in Ragnarok. You call those <laughs> yeah, yeah. flash? There's a lot of flash. Yeah, and and... What I liken them to, well, two things I want to throw at you guys and get your opinion on. Whether this is a good analogy, a terrible analogy, or middling, you can tell me. Um, I likened them to the Marvel movies um, in that I'm not a huge Marvel MCU guy. I've said that before, right? But what when I look at a movie like The Avengers, for example, right? To me, personally, it's a movie, big budget, lots of flash, lots of special effects, big superheroes, lots of explosions and bangs and stuff. In terms of depth, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, and I feel that way about it. I'll, let me get through the point. You can counter me. And like I said, you can tell me if this is a terrible analogy. This is what I was using. And what I'm starting to feel with these games, when I look at Last of Us 2, when I look at Uncharted 4, when I look at uh, now Ragnarok, um, I would say um, I'm forgetting one. Um I don't remember. Um, but anyway, I feel like, uh, one, these are spectacle games, and they're not doing a lot for me beyond just the flash and the show and the graphics and things. And two, the other point, which is separate of this, is I feel when I look at the games I just mentioned, Uncharted 4, Last of Us 2, Ragnarok, it feels like we keep having the same conversation around uh, there needs to be an editor. Like, why are these games so long when they don't need to be? The Last of Us 1... Yeah, which all those I games think, had that problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. Last of Us One, which I think, well, I know I consider a masterpiece, but that is a you could finish that game in what? What'd you say? Twelve hours, maybe, if you go through it, something like that. 12, 14 hours. Yeah, probably. Uh, am I on mark on that? I've beat it three times. I I, I have to think it's something. I honestly like don't have a great feel for how long it takes. I think you could beat it in a day for sure. You can't beat yeah. God War Ragnarok in a day. No, and that's kind <laughs> of my. God, have like, I tried, it, Travis? God, have I tried? <laughs> If you look God at Last of, of Us 2 compared to Last of Us 1, and there's reasons it was longer. I get that. I understand. But yeah, had, yeah. the same conversation we had with that is like, God, it just loses itself, right? And you're playing for hours. Uncharted 4, the same thing. You had this brilliant game in Uncharted 2, which is just beloved. And then Uncharted 4 just loses itself. And you're spent hours just doing things which don't seem to be you're right. meaningful. And okay. now I feel like we're having the same conversation with Ragnarok again. And it's just like, why do they feel these games have to be 30 or 35 hours long when you have games in your portfolio that are hugely critically acclaimed that don't need to be half that? Well, I think I back, I was thinking, I was I was thinking back about this while I was playing one of the sequences that was five or six hours long. And I was like, you know, the original God of War is probably six hours as a game. <laughs> I mean, that the, 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 right, the, the right. Sorry. we have yes. at this point. Uh, it, yeah, not 2018, like God of War, whatever. God of War Law School is how I think of it. Um, <laughs> whatever year that was. Uh, it, it, it's 
there's so much bloat and i think we've just gotten away from it like god of war was short but awesome and you could play it multiple times and you know whatever of that era metal gear solid is six hours long all of these things that are kind of contemporaries and they can have fun and and this is this is look if you were telling a story that was compelling and that there were beats that made sense and we weren't just kind of looping over the same things or just changing up certain aspects of it so we could tell another story i could work with it and i'm still going to play this through to the end i'm it's not getting a 4 from me it's going to get an 8 almost certainly depending on you know what what happens as we kind of land the plane uh, but it is to me to my eye and this is you know i get crap online this is this is an ign issue this is not an ign issue the, the the parade of tens for God of War Ragnarok is suggestive to me of an issue with the critical eye that we're putting on video games and what we demand of them. Agree. Big agree. And Big I know, agree. Travis, it's just one person's opinion. I get that. I still think you can be a good a, a good critic or a bad critic, depending on how critical you actually are in looking at these things. I I agree. And I I do think that the God of War Ragnarok thing is a problem. I think that... I think it's something Travis, to pay you a compliment. Uh, what's that? I said, didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to say, I think that's something you're very good at in your reviews is, is putting a critical eye on them and giving them a, a oh, I DM call up a proper score. You know, I DM the most shameful thing I've ever DM'd, which was, I think the world needs more Travis's. <laughs> don't put I, that I, out into the I universe say, hoag i, I will doing? say i think i think if you're playing a game and you you don't have at least 10 things to complain about you're probably not good at the critic part of being a critic a lot of people who write reviews are sharing their experiences and that's one way to do it but when i look at games from a critical eye i'm trying to figure out okay what do i even if i love this game like if there aren't 10 things that I can name that I are, am annoyed by, I wasn't really paying attention and I I'm not expecting enough from my game. So I try to do that. Even if I theoretically were to give a game a 10, which I've never done. Um, I, I think that at that point I would probably still have things I complain about. They just wouldn't matter that much. And so I, I think with Ragnarok, there's, people's genuine love for the franchise and the series and their memories of 2018, which you can never get away from nostalgia and people's personal yep. preferences. It's just part of it. It's part of, yep. of sure. just being a person. There's the, uh, you know, the expectation. I think the lack of imagination or what a sequel could be is a big problem where people just go, well, I absolutely love the first one. This is the first one, but with the new story and I like the story. Right. So it's a 10. Um, I think that that's a huge missed opportunity. And then I think just some people don't have, the same kind of irritation with certain things. I do want to go back to Ains's analogy for Marvel movies because I think there's there's something there, which is that a game, a, a movie or a game doesn't have to be Citizen Kane to be a 10 of 10 masterpiece. The difference with the Marvel movies is you enjoy the ride and the ride respects your time, right? It's a two hour movie. And it's got, you know, good jokes and you're laughing and you're like, okay, it was cool. Fast and Furious movies, which I famously really love. Yeah, are they are terrible they, you know, movies? I mean, they're fantastic movies, but they're fantastic movies because <laughs> part of partly because they know what they are, right? They don't try to write themselves as, uh, you know, high art. They're just look. It's, it's a movie about cars and guys that can do things that are over the top and big hard boobs on both men and women. So this is uh, an important, important, important distinction between games and movies, which is that uh, 
that uh, between Marvel and what's happening here, which is the the lack of respecting of your time, right? Yeah. The fact that if you're if the payoff is I experienced something sad and it took me 30 hours to get there and I didn't enjoy the journey. Games are very much all media really is about really enjoying the journey. How much did you join enjoy in the moment to moment action? And I feel like some some gamers are like flagellating themselves as they play and they're just going, oh, well, I have to go through this five hour, you know, really slow thing just to really like prime me for this action adventure, like this fight that's going to happen at the end of the segment. And I, I to me, I'm just like, no, that, that should it should all be fun. The five hour journey to get to the boss fight should be just as entertaining at, or, you sure. know, at least marginally less entertaining, I guess, than the conclusion to that act and you move on. And so. There's a little bit of like, oh, it's The Last of Us 2. It's not about having fun. It's about, you know, putting myself through the paces and living in the world. And I'm just like, like, what do you, why are why are you playing games? Like, actually, are you, is this? Can I say something in defensive Ragnarok, yeah. Travis? Just so we're clear on this, because I think the Uncharted and The Last of Us 2 are good references in terms of editing and pacing. Ragnarok is not nearly as dour as Good. our favorite dower joints from Sony Good. interactive entertainment. Okay. So I have not played a ton of, uh, I've not played a ton of God of War Ragnarok. And honestly, my impressions off the first five hours were that it's, I have all the same complaints I had from rag uh, from the first game, 2018, yep. but I think the combat is significantly better. And that yep. was one of my big complaints with, with the first one is that not only did I not really touch the story and I thought the pacing was slow, but also the combat, I was like, Eh, I mean, it's good, but like you fight the same enemies over and over and the upgrade system isn't very advanced. And I, I had I had issues with it. And so the significant improvement for me, I'm like, I'm happy with Ragnarok so far. What you guys are describing is giving me flashbacks to all the things I've hated. And while I'm talking about God of War, can I talk about one more thing that I think people give way too many compliments on? Yeah. The why fact, not? Yeah. The fact that it has. Uh, no loading screens. People love to hype that up. God of War yep. has loading screens. They're called logs. They're called cracks in rocks. Okay. They exist. They're there. And I well, don't think I mean, it's impressive. They're the, they're the gates. The I mean, gates it's always hilarious, right? The gates only the boat have a pop rides after are loading screens. Yeah. yeah no, they, but that's okay. I, I, when people say no loading screens, they mean that the load screens are organically integrated into the game, right? Like that's that it's just shorthand. Yeah, um, but you so, you crawl through a crack so many times in this game, it's unbelievable. Bro, like it's worse than Plague Tale. So many logs. It's like it's like ob like that is a loading screen. And honestly, I think yeah. I would I would rather see a tip. Honestly, show me a spinning wheel <laughs> and a tip. Did you know? <laughs> then then watch me watch this animation again, well, where I let my boy. Through this just a, in. You know, Travis wants to see the tip. Well, <laughs> well here's what I don't understand. Why don't you just move the rock away from everything? Right, and then you never have to move it again. You know? <laughs> well, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of things, right? But I want to say this, right? Because I think that's actually a part of the, the the reason that there's a large criticism on the pacing of this game, right? Because I think they committed to this always over the shoulder, never losing context for this personal moment, and then trying to tell a story within it. And I, I had problems in 2018 with that uh, because I think it leads to certain issues with the storytelling. This one is much, much, much worse. Because I think what they were doing to, it's kind of typical sequelitis, Travis. They wanted to do bigger, bolder, more badass, right? And so it is much more sprawling. It is much more hundreds of characters. It is much more, you know, 
hundreds of locations. And in order to make the one camera conceit work for that, instead of having a cutscene where you check in with the baddies for five minutes and get everything you need to know or anything like that, you have to do it personally and you have to go through something. You can't, you're not just going to become a walking simulator. So they add literally Ains knows this better than most at where he is in the game. They add something for you to do so that they can essentially deliver a cut, a cut scene of exposition. So you do something and they do it for everything that they have to add. And since they do want to work with dozens of characters now, they want to work with just tons of stuff that is much bigger than 2018. They have to come up with stupider and stupider ways of putting people in different rooms and putting people in different conversations that they can overhear. Right. And so it's all of this kind of, if you're really watching the puppet master, you're like, Oh my God. So we went through this two hour sequence with three extra puzzle rooms. Cause Hey, we got developers because you need me to hear that. And there's no other way to actually get me that information unless I'm there. Um, now you do it. You do skip that a couple of times. Cause they'll just have characters appear and they'll, they'll effectively like taunt you or say something important and then it disappeared. It's like, mm-hmm, okay, we're really stretching the conceit of what a <laughs> single camera can do here. And it's, and it's hurting the story. It is hurting what you're actually putting out there to try to hold to this. And I, I, I hate that. I hate going for something that is, you know, whatever technically impressive or tonally what you want to do and, and getting ahead of yourself for what you're actually delivering as a story. Cause I think it hurts the whole experience. Like, I don't think you have to do that stuff either. No. I mean, if you look no. at like Ghost of Tsushima, if you fast travel, I go back to it, it's instant, right? I mean, there's no loading screen. You just kind of goes black and then comes back, you know? Demon I mean, Souls they, they, is the same they, way. It's yeah. like with the power right. of the PS5. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the new consoles should be able to pull that off. Like the fast traveling in God of War is, is dumb. I mean, I understand why they did it, but it's you, I should be able to go through a gate and then end up at the next gate as opposed to having this world between worlds that I don't really need, you know, unless it's there for a conversation. And most of those conversations, unfortunately, don't really progress the story. It's just kind of like a side banter. And some of it is fantastic, I will say. Like, there is, you know, just this, the talks that you have between your companions. I, I still love that part. Some of the, the banter is excellent. It, it, like, I love that. It's but, so good. Like, the, the yeah. riddles that like they, that Mimir tells and all this other stuff, they're, they're <laughs> hilarious. You know, and... and, and Very and, Ellie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're, they're, oh, they're Can just... I say one last thing? Yeah, go ahead. You can't use you got, Sony. You can't use Elena Fisher in remotely uh, major roles in your games because it pops way too much out of your game. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. I'm, is Elena is Nathan Drake's wife. Yeah. Oh, I think, okay. I think gotcha. Hogue, gotcha. Hogue has a very yeah. particular taste when it comes to celebrity voices. <laughs> She's not a celebrity. Is she a celebrity? I mean, yeah, but you you recognize voice actors all the time. You're always talking about like, oh, I don't want to see Nolan North or you Travis, know. Uh, when you, you when you get there, you let me know if it jumps out at you. <laughs> I probably won't remember the voice actors for Uncharted Four. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was. Um, you'd be surprised how quickly I forget about any. Like literally, half the games when they go, oh, that's clearly, uh, you know, what's his name, the guy who's in everything. Um, Troy Baker. Nolan North. Troy Baker. Troy Baker yeah. well, literally, when they say it's Troy Baker, I, I, I go, oh, yeah, I didn't even didn't register at all. <laughs> like very, very few times. I, I can't tell you. I'm going to end by saying I can't tell you how excited I am for Travis to play the next five hours of the game. Because if you're yeah, anything I, like I, me I, and what we've talked about. And, that's the highest pain point I've had playing God of War. Your oh, complaints, man. Travis, like right now, this is not a joke. Like this was one of my most anticipated games of the year. You know, we've talked about it, right? I do not have an urge to even keep playing it. 
Not I think all. Horizon is a vastly better Sony game than Ragnarok. Me too. Just based on the five hours I played, I honestly thought Forbidden West was way better. Uh, I was but, honestly yeah. debating just going back and reinvesting in Forbidden West rather than because they took out the talking. They took out a lot. Yeah, of exactly. So yeah, playable now. <laughs> I, I, I think Forbidden West is a much stronger game than Ragnarok. And I don't believe I'd have to check. I don't believe it got the same kind of parade of. of it 10. did not. It, it got close. an 88. It's an 88. Yeah. They got yeah, close. I mean, but, I mean, I, but, but it's not to as me, Forbidden West is a nine and God of War is almost certainly going to be an eight for me. Like I, I opened up that game and I was like, oh, yeah, this is an eight. And you know what's funny is like, <laughs> like I, I obviously I don't actually give game scores unless I finish them. But like just in my brain, I was like, Jesus, this just feels so much like an eight. It's funny as being on this podcast and the other podcast I was on exact opposite opposite experience. They were all just like foaming at the mouth for this game and talking about how great it was. One of the guys was like, I cried in the first 20 minutes and I was like, how, what, like what? Like at the quick time events, it almost sometimes, sometimes if you kill a dog, people cry. Yeah, dude. I, I totally forgot that even happened. I was like, Oh yeah, the dumb dog. I didn't, yeah, I, I'm hard. You'll come back so. in 20 hours, Travis. I just Probably. like, I don't know. I, I I'm looking actually for, because I, I do have people in our discord and other people I know who love uh, God of War and love Kratos and, and, and adore 2018 and adore this game. Um, and I'm looking forward to eventually finishing it whenever I decide to, and having that conversation to understand their perspective of why they think this is a 10 or a brilliant game. One interesting thing about you saying Kratos fans is I do think if you wanted to just level at it from a different direction than mine, I think Kratos is pretty close to an afterthought in this, the game named after him. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a different conversation piece for perhaps a little it bit is. further from the game's release. But Yeah, I, I wow, know so on uh, cast I was talking and, and you know, the, the question my, uh, I think it might have been Joe asked or Luke asked said is like, I thought this was God of War. Like, at times it doesn't feel like you're playing God of War. Um, Everybody's very sad about being God of War. Oh God, that's what that I later. thought about Uncharted. I was like, this doesn't feel like Uncharted. No, <laughs> stop doing this. Okay, so I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for you to continue, Travis. I can't wait. Oh God, yeah, it's probably. I'm, Travis I don't is think a contrarian. He's going to find other positives now that we haven't said. I really Good. am not. You know what it is? Is I just I just don't like a lot of things, and when when people love the things I don't like, they go, "Wow, you're contrarian." And then when I also don't like the things that they don't like. They go, Travis, he's always telling it like it is. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just a curmudgeon. I just don't like stuff. Okay. It's like Honestly, quiet. I wish more people could play with you as you're doing one of these reviews because one of my one of my favorite things this fall was playing Gotham Knights with Travis and watching his mind work through all of the things he was experiencing um, was uh, was wonderful. I, I, I highly recommend it. Travis, you can sell tickets. The review process is is interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, one thing I don't want to stay on God War. We've talked about it forever, but one thing I'll Dude, just point almost, out it's is it's almost ten, and we haven't even gotten to the main topic of a show. I know. I the one thing that's funny uh, is that when some people don't realize that this game was not directed by Corey Barlog, right? This was directed by Eric Williams, a different director at Sony Santa Monica, and I think now reflecting, people just assume that this would be just like 2018, but I don't know. Maybe there's more to that than we realize that. Changing game directors here did have an impact. Well, Mr. Barlog is listed as creative director. Yeah, he's yes. So I, I, I assume he's still responsible for the overall thrust of the, the story and plot. Not Probably. Writing, not writing line by line, but the overall thrust of what is to happen and things like that and, and the world that they're engaged in. I do wonder, as I don't think, I, I think this is a first time 
that game directing for Mr. Williams. I, I don't know that for sure. I do wonder if there weren't a little bit more constraints about exactly how far you could go with things. There is a very kind of vanilla approach to what we're going to do in this game and that maybe they didn't feel like they could stretch their legs more. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I got a ton of tens. I, I, who am I to judge on this stuff other than to tell you that it's I, to me, it is the most obviously overrated game in a while. Uh, and that's, I'd have to really think about that. It reminds me of kind of like a Bioshock infinite type thing where you're going to look at it again after the fact and be like, it's a good game, but it, I mean, it isn't, it isn't that, I mean, it's up there with like Ocarina of time right now. I was like, no. Gotcha. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> we have been talking for a while on that. Uh, so the, there wasn't a lot of, uh, game news, but I did want to touch on the game awards and we're going to, this doesn't have to be overly long because we'll circle back after the game awards and do our breakdown show, right. Of the, the awards and all that. But there are a couple topics I wanted to mention on this real quick and just get your guys thoughts on. So the game award nominees are out, right? Uh, the show, just as a reminder is December 8th at seven 30 Eastern. So it's uh, only a few weeks away at this point. Um, there are 31 categories, 31 nominees. Um, the interesting thing, and I know we, Go ahead. Can I say one thing before you continue? Because you talked about the time. Obviously, guys, it doesn't actually start at, at 7.30 Eastern. It starts right. at 6 Eastern. And then they give out half of the awards before you log on to actually watch the show. And then you go, wait, what? I'm 10 minutes early. How did I miss half of the awards? So to be clear, it starts at 6 Eastern. Just the, important, to, yes. the most important thing to understand about the Game Awards is that it's not an awards show. Right, it's very true. <laughs> That's kind of what I want. To... Is that what your argument is? Yeah. Oh, it's a, oh, it's trailers and commercials. The show. And commercials. I mean, there's right. not. It's not an award show. Not by any mechanism that you might recognize one. Anyway, uh, Ains, please continue. Sorry, it's kind of what I wanted to ask. Is so I I you know we talk every year. Everyone talks about the the deadline cutoff and how are games selected and the jury. And so I actually went back through their site, which I have up over here, and I kind of went through it again. And just a reminder, right? So the nominees are selected. This is directly from their site. An international jury. I love the word jury. Of 100 global media and influencer outlets. Mm -hmm. They don't define influencer outlets. Uh, selected for their history of critical video game evaluation. And then... Um, <laughs> and their love of cats. Apparently. Um <laughs> And then it says, uh, given the sheer number of games released each year, as well as the extended time required to fully evaluate products, a voting outlet, quotes, approach allows for the widest possible critical assessment. And the first question I want to pose to you guys is, as I look through these awards, because we talked about this on Cast Co-op with, uh, with Joe and Luke, too, is all of the major awards have almost all the same nominees. It's like God of War, Elden Ring, uh, where are the others up there for for Horizon Forbidden West? And like those four or five nominees are the nominees for like several categories of the major categories. And so the as you look across and you look at through all the nominees and you look at all the games and you made a good point in our DMs, Hogue, around the vast array of experiences that are released every year in the gaming industry, right? And And how many of those are celebrated. And I actually went through earlier this week on Metacritic just to be contrarian, I guess, and say... Let's use Stray as the example, right? 
Let the so hate flow through you, Ains. Yeah. <laughs> so Stray is an 84 meta rated game. It almost it had incredibly small, anecdotally, incredibly small impact on the gaming industry. And yet it is up for what would be considered the most prestigious reward award, excuse me, of this show, which is game of the year. Um, if you look through just just meta, forget everything else, just meta, there's like countless games that have released this year that are not only higher rated than Stray, but that I would argue have a much bigger impact on the gaming industry. So when you start to break that down, it's like, how how does this supposed 100 global media and influencer outlet selected from their history of critical video game evaluation? What a sentence. Um, how does that create such a hallway, narrowly focused list of nominees and winners every year? I know how. Go. Yeah, it's a genuine so, question. The problem with the game awards, uh, uh, game of the year selections, and a lot of these nominations is that the winners are always the games that the most people on the jury played. And so the games that have, because the problem is, if you wanted to do a true game award, people would have to play every single game or have an opinion on every single game. That way they could look at all of them and then of all say, here's all of the options, and I vote for these hand few. These, these few, but what ends up happening is you pick a hundred people. What are the games that those people all had in common? Right. And then the ones that they have in common are always the big games that you have to play to be a part of the conversation or to stay in the industry. And so when you get the, uh, the results, it's almost always, even though they're valuing it critically and trying to figure out the ones they like the best, it's more often than not a game of, uh, of, uh mode you're trying like the they're finding the mode of the number right they're they're the ones that have the greatest overlap in the venn diagram are the ones that get nominated unfortunately for for what's played so it's a weird like math problem that really irritates me which is why i always take pride i pride myself in in trying to complete every single game that gets nominated that way i can vote on the nominations but the actual right. nomination process is impossible because it's not physically possible to have a panel of people play all 2000 games that came out that year, or even the top 100 games. Like if I were designing a system, I would take the average, you know, let's not say Metacritic specifically, but I would take like the aggregate scores and I would require all the panelists to at least play 10 hours of the top, you know, 30 games. And then that's your requirement to enter. You have to have to prove to do that. But I don't know if that's feasible. I don't know if there's any appetite for that. It's sort of, you know, it's not as bad as the Oscars, but it has the same sort of popularity contest feel to it. Yeah, I think the and, Emmys uh, are the worst. Maybe the Grammys, but well, yeah. My point, my point is that it's not like you're buying ads to you know get your game or, or no lobbying way. or whatever. But it, it does have the same kind of like, well, which games do the most people play? Those are the ones that are more likely to get nominated. Well, I agree with you on that, and uh, uh, we still have to account for Stray, which is I I don't I can't account for Stray. Right, I, I can't account for, for people that don't know the nominees. It's the three that Ains mentioned: it's Plague Tale, Requiem, and it's Stray. Uh, oh, and it's Zedon Blake Chronicles Three because six is a good number for nominations. I don't know, uh, <laughs> and and so Stray is the one that jumps out because it's okay. It's everybody plays these games. I don't know if everybody played Stray. I think the 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 overall aggregate kind of zeitgeist application I want to put on these things is like okay, yes, 
They all play the ones that everybody plays, but they want to be a little hipster. They want to be, oh, we're not just into the big bands. We're going to pick out an indie to throw at it. And Stray wound up winning that particular pole position as well. But it's a weird thing for this year when you've got Rogue Legacy 2, when you've got Immortality, when you've got uh, Sifu, when you've got, I mean, there's there's so many. It's, nobody there's, saves there's the world. There's a lot. Yeah, you've got there's so a lot. Many Cult of the Lamb. Indie games. Cult of the Lamb? <clears throat> for Pete's sake. <laughs> yeah, you've got a, a lot of a lot of games that were talked about as much as Stray, and Stray is 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 a short game with very few ideas. I, I won't be meaner to it than that, uh, but it's <laughs> it, it's it doesn't belong remotely close to that list, like not even remotely close. And, and so you, that's that's the thing that jumps out at me. Now, obviously, you know, I'm I've been plugging Immortality for a long time because I think that might be one of the best narratives ever put in games, but. I get that it's a full motion video game and it's kind of a weird thing anyway as a game. So I at least understand how it might not grok for everybody. Yeah. Stray is just let's celebrate mediocrity, the game. And I don't I don't abide by that at all. Thank you. <laughs> Dan, like, Thank you. This is the, the way, biggest yeah. problem I think we have with these games these days is that we we get these games that are mediocre that do like one thing that's like, oh, look at that. It's the new shiny. And then it's just like we we elevate them to this you know, super high level, they don't really ever get like repeated, you know, like other games don't really pull from them, but this is like, Oh, Hey, look at this. This is amazing. Roguelike, like Hades. I know everybody loved Hades. I thought it was terrible. You know, oh, no, <laughs> don't die I, on I, that hill. Dan. We keep elevating these games and we keep getting these, you know, you know how much, what I think of Indies. I, I just can't deal with them. Like every once in a while, there's a game that comes out, and I'm just like, great. oh, hey, don't, this is great. Don't keep I just cannot. <laughs> we, 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 get, we get this just mediocre game that's just like, okay, this is, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But then developers go, hey, look, they all like this game. Let's just do the same thing, but kind of, you know, a little bit different. It, it, oh, it just drives me crazy. We don't get these <laughs> giant AAA games like God of War or Horizon or Elden Ring or stuff like that all the time. This year has been so damn dry. Like I've played five games and two of them have been sports games, like new games. And then you get stray. It's not even my top 20 new games that I've played this year. And I played five. So, I mean, it's, it, I don't Did understand stray, why these games, I finished stray because it was free. It takes six That's minutes. The only reason. So yeah, it well, yeah I, long, I, but I kept like the entire time. I'm just like, please somebody punch me in my face. I, I can't deal with this very much. And it, you know, it, it was just so, so bad. So I, obviously everything Dan said was wrong. Uh, yes. But that's <laughs> certainly the Hades sequence. It's the Hades sequence. The, the so I will say, like I, I think I think the aspiration of we should nominate games that tried new things and succeed at them in the games industry that 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 are stuff we've never seen before. I like the ambition part of Game of the Year, and I think that that's what that's what gets. Uh, indies nominated is when they try something new and they they nail it that that we've never seen before because it's one thing to for Call of Duty to just be another good Call of Duty game right even if it's an amazing Call of Duty game it's still we know exactly what it is we've seen it a million times blah 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 but when yep. something like The Walking Dead comes out and people are like oh dang like you know it's, it's been it's it's been a while since we saw a yeah Telltale's Walking Dead it's been a while since we saw an adventure game uh, that has the sort of narrative that be at this level and and I think that can change the industry as the walking dead uh, did back in the day and yeah, i think uh, telltale <laughs> eventually uh <laughs> but the game was good <laughs> the game the was wrong good. lessons yeah uh but, but I, uh 
Hades, Hades is, I think, another great example of it. It it just it perfected the roguelite formula, added the narrative Hades stuff. Hades is fantastic. We don't even need to justify. It's so damn good. <laughs> Move away from Hades, but I, but I think I think sometimes there's a risk of the token indie game showing yeah. up on game of year because we've gotten used to seeing it and there's usually one it's usually the underdog and look, i think that was dan's point despite the hate yes land. yes yeah. yes so i'm trying to explain i'm trying to explain why i also think it's odd that it's on the list full disclosure i've not played a minute of stray uh so i do not know anything about this be game. massively unimpressed by the ideas yeah, presented will. by stray so that that is my impression just based on seeing it but i i think i think the the desire to nominate an indie look i love indies and i think they often lead the way when it comes to innovation i think a lot of them deserve to be nominated for game of the year i don't think that all in i don't think that this was a year where indies did stuff that blew me away personally on a lot a lot immortality of them. I, belongs there and i will die on that hill i have not played immortality either there. i have not played immortality either i bought it it's on my list i just think that uh that I would have preferred that get nominated. I've heard great immortality. Things from you. Va so Vampire survivors. People are screaming. Vampire about survivors. Right it got nominated for something. Vampire Again, survivors. I keep forgetting came out this year because I played it in January. Yeah. Yeah. It came out the tail end of 2021. On Again, PC, I think Stray got nominated because it had the highest overlap of people who played the game because it was free. I think you're probably right. There was a lot of hype around it. Was not a lot of people played play? Immortality. Not a lot of people played Immortality. Uh, not a lot of people played Vampire Survivor on that panel. Apparently. It did get nominated in other categories um but i i just honestly think it's all about it's the numbers game right you yeah. pick 100 no people, you're right how many of them played this game you're right um yeah it's 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 messy um oh, uh, i don't let's care get the, at all except to mock no I, I don't either i don't i don't really care who wins or anything it's not the I'm, real game award i'm not the invested game award. in it I really like it when the developers do the voting. I like those awards. I tend to like yep. the British ones a little bit better. Fast, uh, yeah. The game the award. outlets. I like I like when the the outlets do it because they it, review every game and a lot of them like the IGN outlet. Like we try to get everybody to play all the games before we vote. You know as many of them as it, we can. So. It's funny the way you described it, Travis, because we had a, a obviously a very sliver microcosm of of the issue you presented, which is if you bring a group of people together, uh, it's going to be what they played, not necessarily the best game. Every of the year. outlet and, has this problem. Yeah, the only, and, the only way game of the year really works is if it's a single person and that person's played a lot of games that's really the only way to do it hey folks and, he, and even then legality's hoglaw game of the year 2022 we do it every year and it's just me being crazy <laughs> i was gonna say yeah. even then you just have one person's opinion exactly um, it's just my opinion but, but hey and if you like my opinion great if you hate my opinion Hogue. that compass works equally well backwards Hogue, you know what you should do you should make badges for your game of the year nominations and give them to the games that you pick Oh, I offered you to the developers. devs. Give them I badges. <laughs> I was communicating it on Twitter with uh, the guy that makes Immortality. I was like, don't worry. You're my game of the year. I'll get you a sticker. There you go. <laughs> um, there you go. So in 2020, we created the, the Season Gaming Awards and did a whole thing for it and everything. And and we faced a very similar issue that you spoke nightmare. about. Yeah, yeah, it's because yeah. like, you know, I had played different games from Nate and Nate had played different games from Dan and Dan had played different games. And so we all had different opinions on what that was. And it's like, you know, you can only do so much. So we actually switched it to just a breakdown of all of the editors favorite games from that year, uh, because the actual game awards just it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't work. Lots of people do that, but it's not as sexy, right? Like you can't. No, give it's a not. Badge. 
You can't give a yeah. badge for your site if, dude. I so I also did game of the year uh, nominations at small outlets, and those were the worst experiences I've ever had with game of the year <laughs> because it was like you'd have the Dan's who played like five games that year, and like you just couldn't talk when it came to ninety eight percent, but then they would still have really strong opinions and vote, and then their word is as much as somebody who played like a yeah. hundred games that year, and it's just like, dude, I I got so frustrated with those conversations that I started like, basically dunk publicly dunking on our game of the year selections <laughs> like just being like this is such a stupid process and that was not popular uh still <laughs> not popular but uh yeah let's uh let's yeah, hit these super chats real quick and then i got one other aspect um, yeah lazy weekend sounds like a plan to me uh cheers to the one one of the best podcasts out there thank you uh, i don't know which one you're talking about but cheers to them as well yeah <laughs> cheers to that podcast let me know also, what it is so we can also tune in next time <laughs> we'll just stream it <laughs> we'll play it in the background as we're talking uh by the way uh gecko said hey someone else i got the price bump because as you can see that's a 5.99 euro so there you go so, yeah mm -hmm. it must be location based but thank you lazy weekend appreciate that bizzle bizzle with the ten dollar super chat elden ring wins game of the year hands down i, think I wish i could tell you right. it was hands down it is handsome. It's it's a pretty handsome. I think it me. will. Yeah, yeah. I'm having. It should no, be. not not about people. I thought I thought we were talking about this as part of the game. Oh, 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 agree, oh. agree, agree. From the agree. people that nominated Stray, agree. I'm not guaranteeing Elden Ring. No, I, I think I think I think uh, Ragnarok has a very very high chance of winning for recency bias and a million other reasons. I think it could win, and I would be pretty upset. I think Elden I mean, Ring. If you could greatly, Elden Ring though, right? is a generational game. Like, right. Give me a break. At the very least, it does something we've never seen before, and God of War Ragnarok does not. We haven't talked about Plague Tale. By the way, I want to say, for the, for you guys, for this podcast, I wanted to say, I reviewed two of the games that were nominated for Game of the Year, and we haven't talked about either of them. All right? Plague Tale Requiem and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Both of my mm. reviews. So I do not only play bad games. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You also didn't give those two games. You also didn't give those two games game of the year type scores. I gave them yeah. both eights. <laughs> Stand by them. Uh, Tao in the house. Uh, Tao with five dollars super chat. Stray shouldn't have been on the indie. Sh shouldn't have been the indie darling. Sifu, Tunic, Cult of the oh, Lamb. Nobody saves the world. Yeah. The, Nobody saves many... the world is a big one too. Yeah. Nobody. I, I, I super agree with this this chat. I think all of those are more worthy. All of those are better than Stray. Yeah, 100%. Yep. And Immortality isn't even on that list, which is the best of them all. <laughs> Tell I haven't played half of these, and I, I, I can't even imagine Does anybody know what Hook's opinion is on Immortality? Have we? Yeah. I've never heard of that game. Immortality. One of the best narratives in the history of the video game industry. probably ask him about it at some point. We don't have time for the show, but we'll talk about <laughs> no, it. No, no, we'll come episode. back to it at some point, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, Gecko with the six euros. Uh, Stray got the nomination as it looks the most like a AAA game. It's definitely mm. pretty. I don't think yeah, that's it true. is. Yeah. It's a triple A type of game. I mean, that's uh, how that's how Plague Tale gets uh, up. There. I don't. I don't think that's true. I think yeah. it really, really has the. It's. I think accessibility is a bigger. Accessibility and popularity is a way bigger thing than how it looks. Because I don't get think. I don't think Plague Tale is the same way. Plague Tale is an indie game, right? So Plague Tale Requiem and Stray both have this kind of third person over the shoulder character adventure type thing, um, and that's what got nominated. Plague Tale Requiem was on Game Pass. And a lot, I can just, speaking from the sample size of IGN has a few people that were on that panel, a lot of them played it because it was just free. It was available. 
and Stray is on PlayStation. Uh, it was not. It was the free. Second level is. Yeah, it was on PlayStation uh, subscription for free. PlayStation I, I, Plus second level. I can't remember them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, pr- plus Tier two. Premium. Uh, Tier two. Yeah. Extra. Is it extra? Oh, yeah. extra? It's essential. I know that's what I have. And then yeah. it's it's the. It's I think it's essential two. extra premium. And then tier three, I'm currently calling suckers tier because they don't add anything to it ever. But uh, yes. All right, and then uh, Bo Yahan, Johan, constantly confused. Yeah, two dollars for hoax swear jar. I'm allowed to swear uh, over here. You are, man. Yeah. We don't do wait, it all. We are. But I'm not allowed to. You, you, no, you're not you allowed to. Like thing. I get this swear jar money because I said damn. <laughs> oh, you said damn. Okay, I didn't even know that was considered a swear. So there's my frame of reference. <laughs> Thank you guys, appreciate you. So the 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 last thing I want to mention on on um on uh, Game Awards as always, which gets brought up every year, is the date. You know when the show is held, their whole cutoff and all that. But I w- I actually went in to look, and I'm like, let me just make sure I have my numbers right. And this is this is where I got really confused this year looking at this. So the cutoff of game release to be nominated for any award is November 18th, which is two days ago as we're recording this. It was Friday. That was the cutoff. They announced the nominees the beginning of the week on the 14th. Yeah, and you had to have your nominees done by like the third, I think. You had to have your not correct. You had to have your nominees (laughs) done by the beginning of the month. Yet the cutoff for release is three weeks later or nearly three weeks later. What? Yeah. How does that make sense? It's from the mind of Mr. Keeley. I don't know what to tell you. And, I, and it and, and think about it, right? Because it's November. Beginning of November is a critical release point for games. I mean, there's always blockbusters at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, God of War snuck in because, you know, they get their review codes out. But you look at a game, and I'm not advocating for it, but you look at a game like Pentiment, which in theory released prior to the cutoff, right? It's not even discussed. It's not part of the conversation. It's sitting at an 86 meta. It got some tens, whether you agree with them or not, but it's not even part of the conversation. And now, because of its release date, it can't be included next year at all. Yep. Well, neither so, can the Pokemons. No, it just gets ignored. And it's like, how does this make sense? Who came up with this rule? Well, like any what? normal award show, you would have it in the spring or, or late winter following the year of which you are evaluating. <laughs> you put yes. it in December because you want the you, you can sell the commercials better for the Christmas Correct. holiday purchasing season. Everything Correct. Jeff Keeley does, and I am not a Jeff Keeley hater. I think it's great that he's out there drumming up positivity Agreed. for video gaming. But everything that he has done is about ads and commercial interest because I, you know, he's he's a, he's a one man band with his production house. So it, yeah. it just shouldn't be called the Game Awards. Honestly, the stuff that I like the best about the Game Awards are like, I love the opening video every year. He really does a great job of like, we need to celebrate this as a medium. I always feel pumped. I think he does like, a, a nice job with all that. But it should just be, you know, video game, a celebration in games, video game palooza, uh, whatever. And maybe we, we acknowledge some of the best stuff we saw that year. But like treating it as an award show is just silly. It's just yeah. silly. Agreed. Agreed. I also want to point out um, last year, I don't think Hogue was on the show yet, but last year when we were talking about the Game Awards, I had talked about how I thought it was a strategic decision by Microsoft to release Halo Infinite when they did to avoid the Game of the Year nominations, the, the discussion about it. And I just want to point out the release window paid off. They were not considered this year, even though they're technically in the window. They got released in December. 
and there you go i i honestly think that's like going to be a play now is some people if you have sky high expectations the strategy is just to release like in this weird window where you don't qualify for either of them that way you don't you don't have to feel like you know you don't you don't win or whatever so yeah i don't know it's it's a strange I think the last time i think halo infinite was nominated and won most anticipated game in like 2019 it, it was something like that and i think that's the only one it's gonna win like halo infinite should be nominated for something you know what i mean like it, it should be in the conversation i think it was one of my favorite games last year uh but it you know doesn't meet the nomination window it's crazy no technically it would be in this year but um i can tell you it's a higher reviewed game than stray it's a higher reviewed game than stray it's higher reviewed <laughs> than a lot of those games in there i, I yeah, it is it's, it's it's hilarious to me that like now it's kind of space is killing me. <laughs> I know, I know you disagree on this one. The, the, the beauty is, is you get out of that. See, so I think Ragnarok's going to have this even sooner than most. But you get out of the shinies window, people start to think about what was actually presented to them, and those numbers get a little bit further afield. The Ragnarok numbers are going to look like morons took over the gaming industry in the fall of 2022, uh, uh, in, in like six what? months. Yeah, the, the, what I was highlighting, though, Hogue, is the difference is that Sony's strategy a lot of the times is to be in those conversations, to live up to the hype, to be the face of doing that. And I think Microsoft, a lot of times, they see the hype playing against them when the expectations are so high, the only thing you can do is fail, right? You can't, because you, your expectation is if you get nominated and you win game of the year, then everybody goes, okay, well, you met expectations. But if you do anything else, it's a, it's a failure. And so I think a lot of times- I don't know, see, like, to me, I know you don't love sports ball, Travis, but that's the, that's the coach that's playing not to lose the game. Right. I, I want more out of Microsoft. Believe in yourself. Oh, no, I do too. I'm just, I'm, I'm strategy. I'm highlighting their strategy behind it. I think it was intentional. They want the window to be like, eh, let's just, let's just avoid that fight. Right. Let's just release I think it was intentional. Game. I think it was to hit their fiscal year or their quarter reports. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, look, I, I don't, th these things don't matter that much in my opinion. Uh, I don't know that they drive sales. I don't know that they drive anything from the game awards. Um, so I, we'll, we'll see. I think I think it probably drives interest a little bit. There's at least some of that. And I think uh, you're right that they did it to hit the fiscal year, but the multiplayer dropped on November 15th. Remember, it came I out. Do remember, it came yeah, out early remember. and they could have released the entire. I'm sure they could have released the entire game at that time. It had gone gold like a month before that. I, I honestly think they just pushed it because they were like, let's just let's not have this conversation of, right now. Let's this is the last thing we need with Halo Infinite after the release last year. Uh, and I don't think it's a particularly ambitious or forward thinking strategy, but it is an interesting one. And I don't think they're the only ones doing it. Hey, I, that, that is fine. If you got to get out of the eye of Jeff Keighley's Sauron tower, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but I, it, this one was just, when I saw those, it was, it was stray. I, I, I don't know what to do with you. I, no, I, I don't either. I, it's bizarre. It's literally bizarre. By the way, we got Pompa in the house with a $10 super chat. Yeah, remove Stray and add grounded three games that Travis has reviewed. Yeah, I then we'd be then we'd I be at fifty percent Travis games. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I advocated for grounded. I, I would have. I, I, I people Game Awards put out what are your six nominees, and I was trying to guess what they would pick. Um, and I, I thought grounded would be the Xbox representative. I actually think mm. grounded got uh, taken out of the running kind of probably unintentionally not because of the lack of people who played it but because of the model in which it released i think that if you release a game in 
in early access and then you do the 1.0 a year later after people kind of thought about you last year you sort of just nobody even thinks about those types of, of games so grounded I think, was in uh, longer than that right grounded was it was years? in for two years two years yeah so i actually played it once at launch and then i played it once last year for preview and then i played it for the review this year and the first two times it was completely forgettable i was like i don't think anybody's gonna play this game and then when i reviewed it i was like oh damn they finished this game and it's way <laughs> better and i'm still playing it so uh, I, I, I think uh, I think if you re- if you release early access, you sort of already agreed that you're not going to go for this sort of accolades and game of the year stuff because it almost never happens. Yeah, I will revisit this conversation after the show, of course, and we'll talk about it. But I, I think we should have a broader conversation on what game of the year even represents, because if you think about the past winners, right, and the variations and what they are, it doesn't seem to be a clear there's no clear definition of what that even that is, right? Is it is it impact? Is it what's new? Is it evolution? Does it drive change in the industry? Is it production quality? Is it Metacritic? Is it there's all these different kind of things that fall into whatever game of the year represents. And I'd love to talk with you guys about that. Yeah, but we are well beyond that time today. So we'll circle back with the game awards after the game awards and we'll have kind of a holiday pre holiday show about it and have a nice long discussion about that because I think that'll be fun. But um. Anyway, that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for today, I believe. It's been a joy as always, chat. You've been awesome as always. Uh, for us, uh, just remember that we've got our uh, our YouTube uh, channel memberships up. You can check those out if you want to support Season Gaming. Um, last Saturday, I did a Halo community night. I did not do one last night, but we're going to do one this week over the Thanksgiving holiday. So, um uh stay tuned for that and uh new contributor at season gaming i announced and some new reviews and articles as well so just stop by over there as always and check things out i will circle Do you want to down talk about next week i was just going to ask you in private chat so i'm glad you brought it up okay. verbally because cool. we are not doing a show next week right i believe so I believe that's we're great. not we're taking it off okay. you want to blame yes. me i am the one that asked for it you can blame me as much as you want Damn it, Hoke. I know. It's fine. I'm trying to take the second <laughs> half of next week off. Dude, as much I would have just shown up. <laughs> yeah, I'll be giving the keys. He'll just be, it'll just be down. Uh, he'll be streaming PGA 2K 2022. And Hades. And, and also Hades. Hitman 3. It's actually a mix of Hitman and uh, I made my guy look just like him. It's just just show up for that. But no, I, I, I did. I asked. I said, you know what? I, I got family stuff. We got people yep. in town. Uh, so we're taking next Sunday off. Um, and then th- at my channel, I'm also taking the back half of uh, the week off as well. Good, good. Yeah. So uh, Thanksgiving long uh, week here for people in America. Uh, usually people in the corporate world take off either the week or kind of Wednesday through Sunday type things. So, uh, yeah, no, no show next week. Um, but uh, stay tuned for other content on the channel. But we will be back in two weeks. Uh, Travis. Uh, yeah, I will be working all week uh, this week, um, but it is a little slower now that sort of the reviews are um, the review period for me because I'm usually a month ahead. So now, even though it's a really busy month for everyone else, it's kind of light for me because uh, I'm living in December. Last year, around this time, I was reviewing uh, games such as Nerf Legends. So we'll see if I if any <laughs> of those gems come out during this period. But uh um, it's it's a little slower for me. Uh, you can read my review of Goat Simulator Three. Um, Very funny on on, uh, yes. on IGN.com. It's it's a fantastic it's a fantastic game. I had a, such a good time with it. I posted that review knowing that I gave uh, uh, Goat Simulator Three a silly joke game with the title that's wrong. 
objectively mm-hmm. uh um a higher score than sonic frontiers which is another game i really liked but you know say you gotta <laughs> i hadn't, you I gotta, hadn't put those together but exactly right. exactly uh, well you can see the timeline at the bottom of ign it shows like the last three games they reviewed and you see like goat simulator eight and then right below that sonic frontier seven and tom was like you're you're sure you want to want me to press yes and i was like bring it on let them let them cry uh, but yeah, uh, it, it doesn't have nearly the, the same, it, they're both, they're both good games. You should play them both. Um, but yeah, I've got I'm, a preview coming up. I can't talk about, um, and then, uh, reviews mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm assuming that will happen. Uh, but I'm going to be catching up on games and you can follow me on Twitter at Tiger Travis. If you want to hear me talk about some of them. When I, I want you to play immortality players. and I want a long form discussion with you on social media or otherwise. Yeah. So immortality uh, Pentiment, uh, uh, Modern Warfare. I want to play at least a couple matches of the of the Warzone. Um, uh, Ragnarok. Other stuff on there. Ragnarok is actually at the bottom of the list. I think it's number six. But I have an order of operations. I'm trying to be efficient with my time. <laughs> Ragnarok is on there. I will be getting to it. And I guess now that it got nominated, I also have to play Stray. I wasn't expecting to have to play that one. I try to play every game that gets nominated, but uh, you might be able to yeah. squeeze that entire game in before. Exactly, that's list. my thinking. Is I'm just gonna like blam through that thing, and then mm-hmm. that way, I, that way, when I say it doesn't deserve a slot, I can at least be an informed person. Uh, huh. I, I I really really hate uh, not being informed about stuff, but I have a new problem this year, which is that I've reviewed so many games this year. I have had almost no time to work on my backlog, and usually there's gaps. But this year I'm on pace to be the highest reviewer, highest uh, volume reviewer at IGN. And that has left me with practically no time to play the games I want to. So it's been a fun year. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's me. Sorry, I rambled. No, you're no, good. You're good. Uh, and thank you. Um, uh, Gamefire says hit the like button on your way out, please. Yes, that would be greatly appreciated. Hogue, yes. going to take some time. Well-deserved time, I might add, sir, uh, later this week. But uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, we'll be doing hangouts and headlines for Monday and Tuesday, at least, I think. Uh, and then uh, any virtual legalities that pop up. We were covering a lot of Elon Musk versus Twitter stuff at the end of last week. And we continue to have Microsoft and Activision bandying about and bouncing around with their news articles. We also want to potentially cover some of the stuff happening with respect to Blizzard and Activision in China and their contract with NetEase, um, which I still kind of have half researched, half prepped for a video. And I don't know whether we'll get to it this week or not. So I don't want to make promises. But that's the kind of stuff we cover in virtual legality. Uh, as well as in December, I bring in my game developer brother who currently works for Bethesda. Uh, and uh, we talk about our favorite games of the year. And his list is always super weird because he doesn't get to play as much as I do, honestly. Uh, so he'll have a lot of indie darlings. It'll just be a Dan list from my brother. Uh, but we'll be setting that up for, for December. Uh, games to avoid for Dan. Uh, and uh, yeah, come check it out at Hoglaw on YouTube or at Hoglaw on Twitter where I continue to celebrate my undefeated Michigan Wolverines. Got a little close there yesterday. Uh, but uh, we're going into uh, the Ohio State game undefeated. Excellent, man. Good luck. Yeah. Is that when, when is that game? Next week. Next Saturday is undefeated Ohio State versus undefeated. That's Michigan. why he wanted Sunday off. He's going to yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I want it's either going to be sobbing or celebrating. Yeah, if I have to. That the horseshoe. Be... They both look like ass yesterday, so it doesn't really matter. They sure did, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yes, they did. <laughs> I watched them both. All mm. right. Guys, uh, chat, thank you very much. Anyone tuning in later and listening to us, of course, thank you very much. As uh, Just to reiterate, we will be gone next week, which makes December 4th the next show uh, when we will see you back. So, uh, Enjoy your everyone, turkey. Yeah, I hope everyone in, uh, in the U.S. who celebrates Thanksgiving has a, a good weekend full of family, food, friends, football, 
Fast and Furious, hopefully not. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> but otherwise, family. It's about family. It's a Thanksgiving movie. There you go. There you go. That's the whole the whole crux of it. So have a good week. We will see you in a couple weeks. Appreciate you as always. Take care. Until later.